Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. It is our first proper off-season uh, podcast after the last one, which was kind of rounding up the season. Uh, and we've got a full house today. We're joined by Mr. David Grant. Hello, Dave. Good evening, Joe. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Or should we say good morning? Good morning, five, even, yeah. Five past 12 on Friday morning. So, yeah, good morning. Um, Andy, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, everyone. I feel like this. Um, I feel like this podcast turns into something out of like, um, oh, what's the Bruce Almighty? What's the um, Bruce Almighty? What's the Jim Carrey film called? Now the Truman Show, where he says good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I just feel like that's every time we do a podcast now. Um, sorry, and we're joined by Greth. Hello, Greth, Mr. Gareth Dutton. <laughs> Hello, Joe. <laughs> Hashtag who is Gareth Dutton? Um, so we don't have a roundup uh, this week because surprisingly there's been no hockey, um, as is the nature of the off season. So. Um, we go straight into it. The good news is the airport remains open. Um, and there's been a hell of a lot of signings, so we'll, uh, we'll get straight underway with that. Uh, the first one on my list is uh, Dryden Dow re-signing for the Dundee Stars. What do we think, guys? Yeah, I think it's a pretty a, a good signing for Dundee themselves. He showed he was pretty decent last season. And... Pash has obviously seen some of that he likes in him and has brought him back for a second season. It should be a good signing for Dundee. I'm sure the the fans will be loving it. Yes, yeah, not bad at all. I um, mean, 38 points in 58 games. It's not so not too bad. Uh, I, I think he's probably one of the uh, better players uh, of Dundee, and it's a good re-signing for them. Yeah, like the others have said. Um, good resigning for the Stars um, did a great job this year and um, I will be expecting uh, the same again if not maybe just a bit more so yeah good good start the recruitment uh, for the uh, for Dundee yeah certainly looks like a good fit I mean he's got a minus 7 in 58 games so maybe not the best defensively but then when you look at the season that Dundee had last year uh, maybe a minus seven isn't too bad for, for one of your top-line D-men. Um, Andy, as you say, 38 points from 58 games. That's 29 assists and nine goals. So a guy that can, uh, that can set up and, and make some plays from the back is certainly a good asset. Um, come from the youth sports league beforehand, the, the league that we've said, we've seen a lot more people coming coming through from the youth sports league now. Um, so, yeah, certainly a wait and see, but certainly set himself up nicely. Um, in the Elite League, I'm sure Pasha and the rest of the Stars fans will be hoping that he has a, a, an improved season. Obviously, it's always interesting to see whether a player kind of, you know, improves their performance from the first season or has a bit of a descent. So obviously, they'll hope that he's not on the decline. Um, but a 26-year-old guy, you know, should still be on the up. So yeah, certainly looks like a good signing for Dundee. Um, the second signing that we've got, just running through them all, as I say, there are a lot, so we'll try and do these pretty swiftly. Uh, the second signing that I've got is a re-signing for the Coventry Blaze. It's Dylan Lawrence. What do we think? Uh, first of all, I just want to praise the video that they put together to um, to announce his re-signing uh, and using the Bud Light um, adverts at the same time with the, the Dilly Dilly bit. Um, I thought that was pretty funny uh, for Coventry. Um, same thing. Same as with the other signing, good good fit for the for the Blaze, um, and I'll expect the same again from him next year. Yeah, it seems that he's had a, a lot better season than he did when he was last in the Elite League with Edinburgh. He's picked up 16 points in 54 games. Pretty decent for when he was brought in. 
just a few games after the start of the season himself. It looks like he, it could be a really good signing for them this season. He's getting used to the, the league itself, and he could, I'm guessing they're going to be hoping that he can put up some more numbers. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously he's, he's lacking in Coventry. Uh, I, I, I put, probably put him as more of a fourth liner. Um, I think it, it put some decent points up there. Uh, apart from that, yeah, good signing. Yeah, I think you guys have covered it off. I mean, 54 games, 16 points. Um, an improvement, as you say, Gref, on his last time in the Elite League, but not something that's going to break the records. Not somebody that's, um, you know, he, I, I wouldn't say it's a make or break signing. Um, Coventry fans that I've seen on social media generally seem to be um, pretty happy about this one. If he's a guy that they can keep in Coventry for the next few years, obviously still got a lot of progression in his career. Um, he's 24. Um, just older than me and Andy he was born in March, March 22nd of March 1995 what a year um, and yeah I'm, you know as you say I, I'd agree with you Andy I'd say third or fourth liner the only question that I'd ask is for an import could they have possibly you know could they have got an improvement on him obviously Coventry didn't have the best of years last year um, you know so to bring back an import that's only putting up 16 points in 54 games is it a bit of a sidestep rather than a step forward? But we've had that progression already from uh, you know from the 17-18 season to the 18-19. Obviously got a lot of hope for him moving forward. And as I say, as a 24-year-old guy, a lot of room for progression. Obviously, uh, let's just see what he does in Coventry next year. It may, uh, it may turn some heads, um, may put a few more points on the board and, uh, and, and carry on progressing and getting his stats going in the right direction. Uh, we'll stick with Coventry for the next signing, uh, which is Justin Hache. Yeah, Justin came from the, the Denmark League last season and put up some really good numbers. 40, only 44 games played, but he got 31 points. He looked like a, a really good signing for, for them for the season. I mean, a seventh round pick as well in the NHL from the what was the Phoenix Coyote is now Arizona. He's only 25 years old. He looks like he's going to progress well in this league. He'll get better each time from what I've seen of him during the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, from the games that I've seen, very impressed with him. Uh, he's a good defensive defenseman as well as offensive, uh, putting him up some really good, really good points. Uh, yeah, even... Uh, this season before, when he was with uh, Sundays in the Danish League, 26 points in 50 games, not bad at all. And he's come to England and he's doing a fantastic job. So uh, I don't blame Coventry for re-signing him. Uh, I think there's a lot a lot in him uh, and I think he'll have an even better season next next one. I don't think I can add any more than what uh, Griffin and Andy have already said. Um, fitted in well with the Blaze, done the job requested and I suspect that uh, there'll be more to come from him uh, next season. Yeah, again, you guys have touched on it. 31 points from 44 games from a defenseman, you know, never going to be a, uh, never going to be a bad thing. He's only got a, uh, let's have a look. He had a plus eight by the looks as well, so a plus eight on a on a Coventry team like they had last year. Um, certainly good defensive stats. Uh, 150 games in the AHL. Um, looking at 22 points in that, but minus five in 150 games in the AHL. So you you know to play 150 games and come out with a minus five in that kind of league isn't certainly isn't a bad thing. 
Um, he's one of the more memorable players from last year in Coventry. I, I you know, I remember seeing his name a few times um, as, a, as one of their standout guys, one of the guys who looked uh, to cause a bit of danger and also to cause a bit of a problem on the back end when you were trying to make a play in their zone. Um, so a good addition. The one thing I'll say to you guys, I mean, Coventry obviously and, and Dundee, the two in the positions of obviously finishing in those, you know, the lower spots, um, obviously not making the playoffs. What kind of position would you say that puts them in going forwards? Because obviously, generally speaking, you would think, you know, you, you'd be looking more to rebuild than re-sign. Do you think we're going to see a lot more re-signings from these two teams, or are we thinking that we're going to see a lot more fresh blood coming into? I suppose, I suspect it depends on on the team and the reason I say as well. Dundee had a great vibe about them all season. You know, they did a lot of good stuff off the off the ice. They just they seem to be, you know, having a good year as a franchise. But missed out of the playoffs. So it's, you know, Pasha's job will be to harness what they've had this year. You know, them, them great 80s jerseys. But also adding enough quality to... Not make the great them, 80s jerseys. <laughs> the great 80s. Um, to, to get them over the, the, the top eight and make the, the, the postseason. Coventry, though, did make the postseason. It was always going to be on a hiding to nothing. Um, finishing eighth with the season that's just been. So their task will be to... Um, to push on to try and you know make sure they don't leave it to the last day, um, they'll they'll realise what they they need. They'll look at the budgets because you know they probably are the lower end. This is a guesstimate, the lower end of the budgets. And yes, if, if they can keep if they can get what they what they can cheaper, as every team does. But if them two can do, then we may see some new budget. You know, it depends on how the uh, negoti- contract negotiations. The only benefit to them is, and this is I say that not. With all due respect, they haven't got any titles to show for, so they can get the players to go, oh, I want a pay increase. So they've not got that um, pull that may use more of their budget. So it depends on what they're, how and what and how they're going to look to progress next season. I think for Dundee themselves, Pash shall know what type of team he wants and what type of players he's going to get. Um, we know ourselves, or I know myself from being a star from when he was our coach, is I don't really think it's going to be more of a, a re-signing phase from both teams. I think they're mainly going to get some a lot of new blood involved. Mainly just because Dundee didn't really make the, didn't make the playoffs, but it, although Coventry did, they left it till pretty much the well, second to last game of the season to make sure they actually got in playoffs. I don't think Benny Stewart's going to want that to happen again. I guess the question extends to you guys as well, though, Griff. I mean, uh, yeah, as, as you say, sorry, uh, my mistake, obviously, Coventry making playoffs, getting that eighth spot. Um, Dundee obviously falling short. And Manchester obviously falling short as well. So I guess the the question extends to, you know, to you guys as well, to the Storm. Um, you know, same kind of question. Would you, as a as a fan, I guess this is more relevant to yourself. Would you be wanting to see a lot of re-signings, or would you be wanting to see a bit more of a recruitment drive, a bit more fresh fresh blood being brought in? There'd be like the odd few players that you want to see back. I mean, for example, Mike Hammond. Most teams would love to have a Mike Hammond type player in their squad. But then, with some of them, I'd I'd rather see like fresh blood coming into play. We did some re-signings last season and we didn't really have the, the best of seasons compared to the season before then. Plus, we've had retirements as well. 
with Mota and Baizy. I think all teams were uh, those three teams in particular. They'll have a bit a bit more of, a, of an overhaul. Um, you know, they look to bring in players who, who can uh, push up the games of Dylan Lawrence making better for next season. Uh, Drin Dow, they're aiming to probably bring someone in to make his game even better. So it, it's all the same. I think for, for the bottom teams that finished um, lower, I, I think they'll be looking for more more fresh bodies in uh, to help help out the players that have already re-signed. I don't think there'll be many re-signings. Uh, give it two or three. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the aim to be pushing uh, the guys up that have re-signed and make them better for next season. Yeah, it's always quite an interesting thing, isn't it, to see re-signings coming in when you're generally having a, a more of a rebuild because it's interesting to see how they become... Well, obviously, ideally, you'd want to see them become lesser players in terms of like the rankings in the team because you want to see more fresh bodies and more top end players coming in so it's interesting to see how you know they, it becomes diluted once you see more players being brought in but uh, yeah it'd be interesting across those it was just, uh, something that crossed my mind as we got to that point um the next signing that we've got on the list one of the more desirable players um from within the elite league is now officially off the market it's the first signing for the cardiff devils for their 2019-20 season uh, the GOAT, as they have officially coined him, uh, Joey Martin, has officially re-signed for the Devils. What do we think? Who wouldn't sign him? There's nothing else to say. Who wouldn't sign him? Um, great player, does does everything for the Devils, and he's a perfect fit for the Devils. It's like, you see players, great players, but don't fit certain clubs. He fits the Devils. So, you know, it's a shame that we couldn't get him a job out of hockey. For everyone else, but for the Devils, <laughs> great resigning. Yeah, there's it, not really much to say apart from what a great signing that is for them. I mean, he's putting up big numbers each season. He wears a great number. But there's nothing more you can really say. Not realise that Joey Martin wore 22. Oh, he wears a better one. 85. Oh, 25. He goes after staff. Fair play. Fair play. <laughs> As a non-Devils fan, uh, obviously I'm, I'm gutted. Secret uh, Devils fan. Would have loved to have seen him inside of the Oakshire, but um, like Dev said, he, he just fits the Devils like a glove. You know, all the criteria he meets. Uh, yeah, 68 love. points in 60 games. That's, that's, that's amazing. Uh, 73 last season as well. So, yeah, he is a goat for one reason, and and that's right there. And yeah, Carve done well to get him back again. I have to say the phrase really like irks me, but I don't really know why. Um, but no, oh, I agree. A guy that um that I wanted to well, I think everybody wants to see them in their in their own colours. Uh, don't think anybody really believed that he was ever going to go anywhere, but Cardiff obviously spent many seasons been there since the 2011-12 season so you know he's been there for a fair while and his numbers are pretty stable um seven points from 59 so not a guy that's going to bring all the points but a plus four big solid d-man um you know yeah certainly oh sorry hold on i think i may have clicked on the wrong one here <laughs> i think you have yeah i have clicked on the wrong one my apologies i thought i was going a bit off, off topic there hold on my fans are only exclusive. He's diversifying his career. He's becoming a defenceman. Well, yeah. Well, you never know. I thought you might have a Moses, you know. I thought you were just describing me. 
88 defenseman. Not going to score many goals. Oh, yeah, fair play. It could have, yeah, could have fit you. It, it could be because he said plus in the plus minus. Yeah, that's true. And also, I said he played a lot of games. In fairness, Gref, that, that doesn't really fit you, does it? Yeah, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try that one again. So, um, yeah, I mean, 68 points, 60 games. Um, you know, he's, he's won the eight for the last few seasons for a reason. Um, a guy that everybody's going to want to see play for their team. Um, but, as I say, it still stands, and it's probably <laughs> probably the same um, for both players. Uh, but, yeah, I, the, my point still stands. I don't think anybody saw him going anywhere but Cardiff. Um, and I agree with you, Dave. I think it was, I think it was Simsy who tweeted around playoff time, yeah. we, need, we need to find Josh Batcher a, a job outside of hockey. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I bet Cardiff, Cardiff fans are going to be chuffed to bits with that one, and quite rightfully so. And uh, surely will be with Josh Batch. It was Josh Batch that I was looking at. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Gref, you just have to rub salt in the wound, don't you? I made, made a mistake, okay? Usually I have all my tabs open. I thought, it's okay, I'll do it on the fly. I'll do it on the ball. Not, not quite so on the ball. I, I, I know we relax in the off-season, but jeez. Well, yeah, you know. Do you know, I, do you know what? If I didn't mess up, it wouldn't give you something to laugh at. So you're welcome. That's Thank all I'm you. gonna say. In the words, in the words of Dwayne the Rock Johnson in Moana, what can I say except you're welcome? Um, I'm not gonna sing it. Um, moving swiftly on from Cardiff. Thank you very much. Um, there's been a fair few signings across two teams. Uh, the first of which is the Glasgow clan. Uh, so we'll go to Glasgow. I'll try and click the right players this time so that I've got the right stats up. Um, the first that I've got down is Craig Moore, who they signed from the Five Flyers. Decent pickup, uh, good Brit player, bolsters the uh, British core, and yeah, I think he he may have uh, got got a good fit uh, playing for the clan. Didn't seem to work out in in Cardiff for, some, for whatever reason. Finished his season in, in Fife, his home club, and yeah, now he's gone over to uh, to Glasgow, Stroke Renfrew whatever they want to be called this uh, this season. So, no, I think it's a good fit for, for Craig, and I think it'll also be a good fit for the clan. So I think it's a bit of a win-win situation on that one. Yeah, I think he's going to get some good ice time losses there as well. And then he'll be there to try and impress the coach as well, try and get a GB slot maybe. It's a, All around, it's a good signing, and it's also a, it was also a really good video that they made as well for his signing as they they've done so far. Yeah, um, another good signing, a, a good replacement for for Zach Sullivan. Um, I think he's sort of found a home in Scotland again and uh, yeah, just didn't quite work out for him in five but I, I think he'll, he'll log a lot more minutes uh, in Glasgow and I, I think I look forward to working alongside Pete Russell, uh, hopefully uh, working with him to uh, get in the GB squad ne- next year. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go down the same line as um as as before on this. Of it, he, he looks very much a um, very much a third or fourth liner, particularly in the kind of squad that Glasgow are looking to get together at the moment. Um, six pointers from 32, well, uh, from his time in five. Uh, he also had a minus 17 across 32 games, um, which isn't the best. But um, you know, you have a bad season, you have a bad season. It depends on the rest of the guys in the ice with you. And uh, you know there's a number of factors to take into account. So you know we just just got to wait and see how he how he goes in Glasgow. Uh, I agree, decent sign in um, in replacement of Zach Sullivan. <sighs> yeah, uh, just a wait and see sign him as I say, third or fourth liner. But 
when you're building up a team, you're building up your Brit pack. It can never be a bad thing to have a guy um, you know, who's experienced and uh, that can put up the, the plays like Craig Moore can. So, um, yeah, just have to wait and see what he does in Glasgow. Uh, the one thing that and it, it happens all the time in the league. We see it all the time across social media. We've said that social media is a uh, it's the nature of the beast that not everybody's going to be happy. One of the things that kind of made me laugh was seeing people complain that he was leaving Fife after he was signed on the premise of a local boy. Um, let, let's just let's just keep in mind the fact. Yes, he might have been born in Kakadi, but if uh, if Glasgow are going to be waving more money at him, he ain't going to be staying in Fife. Um, it annoys me when people begrudge players for going where the money's better. At the end of the day, if you're in a job and and you're offered more money to do it somewhere else, you're going to take the more money to go somewhere else. Um, and that and that's exactly what he's done there. But yeah, all the best to him. Um, Glasgow look to be building a decent squad so far, uh, and more seems to be a good fit. Um, so we'll see what he brings to the table. Um, the next signing, it was a re-signing for Glasgow Clamp, was Craig Peacock. What do we think to Craig Peacock? Same thing. Good good uh, fit for him. He uh, kind of probably needed a bit of a rejuvenation uh, from his time in Belfast. He, he was kind of a little bit stagnant. He lost his uh, spot in the uh, in the GB's um, lineup. Went to Glasgow and uh, seems seems to be you know got over his injuries and it seems to be a bit more of a, a fresher approach to his game and uh, it's you know it seems to be doing uh, the world of good. So good signing for him. Good signing for the clan. Um, yeah, same as the Craig Moore signing, if we're honest, in terms of it's a win-win situation for both uh, club and player. Yeah, I mean, 47 games, 25 points. He's doing well for the clan on, on a, like a, a second, third line. Is, is it, he also got picked for GB. He's doing well. Let's he's, keep in mind as well he's thirty as well, so he's you know he's not he's not one of the lower end or one of the younger players. But it just that, seems it just seems to be around for years. He, oh yeah, that? he does. Yeah, he does. I, I, it was wasn't it Peacock who had the horrendous injury? He got this. You get the skate up against. Oh his, yeah, face. he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was yeah, awful. That was, that was that was a nasty looking gash. That that was horrible. He, yeah. he tweet he tweeted a very um. A very good picture of it. I remember, I remember scrolling no, I remember, through Twitter yeah. numerous times to find the picture. Um, no, I agree. Good signing. 47 games um, for the clan last year. 25 points. Um, 23 points in 43 the previous season. Uh, and 23 and 46 the season before that. So, if, uh, if nothing else, he is certainly consistent. It'll be his fourth year in Brayhead slash Glasgow. Um, obviously, he had the assistant captaincy for Belfast for a couple of years. Um, and put up similar points then as well. So a good solid, um, a good solid signing in in Peacock. He was a guy in fairness when he left when he left Belfast. He was a guy that I would have happily seen play for Sheffield. Um, a good solid Brit signing, um, as we say, thirty. So he's not one of the younger of the Brit pack, but certainly brings some good experience. Um, he knows where the net is and he knows what the league's about. Um, so yeah, certainly a good signing for them. Um, sticking with Glasgow again, uh, we've now got. Uh, Rasmus Bierum, uh, who was also announced as a re-signing for the club. Came in last season from the Danish league. Looked to be a really good signing for them, to be fair. He's 60 games, 45 points, 15 goals, 30 assists. On the, the wing with his teammates, he looks really good. I mean, he pretty much 
he was one of those players where he wasn't like your standout player, but he was putting the points up, which is which seemed to be like clan season all along. <laughs> it, there's not really much you can say about him apart from he looks like he's probably going to improve because he knows what this league's about now. He reminds me a little bit, and when I say that the following player. It's of that of that team he was on. He a bit of a Dougie Shepherd style player, whereas he was very quiet. He weren't the standout player on the team in Sheffield, but he racked up points. You know, 50, 60 points was a norm for for Doug Shepherd. Um, so it reminds me of a lot of that. You know, just works in the background, just gets the points. Not that's like I've said, not the most marquee of, of signings for the for the clan, but it's gonna you know does the job that needs to be. But that's some of the most important players. Well, I mean, I said the same thing when the Steelers signed Zanoski. He was a guy Very that he was a guy that was going to put up some points. But the the players that don't have the expectation to put up big numbers are the players that often shine because you're not looking to them, you know, for for the goals. It was, when we when the when the Steelers signed Tim Wallace, I think that was that was the big fall point of of, of the Wallace signing was he was he was airmarked as a guy who was going to bring lots of goals, lots of offense. And realistically, when you look at his play, when he was playing for the Steelers, he was a good player. He was a good playmaker. He went to the dirty areas. He got a good hockey head about him. But because he didn't put up the points, and that's what he'd been marked as, and that's what he'd been branded as when we signed him, he was a guy that realistically didn't didn't, didn't meet those expectations. So to sign a guy that, that maybe goes a bit under the radar, still puts up a decent number of points, is, is, is a certainly a good guy to build the core around. And they're the type of players that when they leave... You notice they're, they're not being there more than even even your standout players. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, a good signing. Uh, put some decent points. Uh, a season in Denmark in, in our dense in seventeen eighteen. Uh, a very good season with Glasgow, and uh, look forward to seeing more from him next season. He had a plus fifteen in sixty games for Glasgow. Again, that's um. You know, pretty good stats, and as you say, 45 points. We've already touched on that. Um, Glasgow seems to be building a good core. Um, Pete Russell is being very, very quick to sign uh, a number of players or re-sign a number of players, so he certainly knows the guys that he wants back. Um, as uh, Dave, I mean, you, you touched on it the best by saying uh, he, he wasn't a standout guy when he came to Sheffield. I mean, he was a guy that when I first saw his name, kind of part of me went, I don't remember seeing him. But then you look at his stats and go, okay, this guy's put up 45 in 60 games. How have I not seen him? Like, how does he, how is he a guy that you've not really noticed? Yeah. Um, so. and, and some of the, the, the his teammates that year were league standout, never mind just team standout. Yeah. But had the most impact. So I think and this guy had just he just reminds me of him in that in that context. Yeah. No, I fully agree. Fully agree. Um, sticking with Glasgow, as I say, Pete Russell uh, has certainly been moving quick to re-sign, uh, you know, a good core of players. Um, and the next on there is Matt Stanis. Who do we, what do we think to Matt Stanis? I think I'd love to see him back in a Storm jersey. He was a, a terrific demon when he played for us. Played good last season, even with a few injuries. He plays brilliant hockey as a D-man. He's more of a... It's like a two-way defenseman, so he, he can be a good shutdown defenseman, but then he can also jump in the play and hopefully try and score a goal. Played 
pretty good on a pretty good line last year with Fitzer, so he knew his role then. And um, it's just a lot an all around good signing for Klein. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. It's a, a good uh, re-signing by uh, Slim Shady. Um, good defenseman, does his job, very sturdy. Everything that you want, yeah, just ticks all the boxes, and you know, probably will be, there'll be a bit more expectation just because of the style and the standard of, of hockey set this season just gone that they'll be uh, wanted a bit more out of him in Glasgow. It's exciting. He's had two uh, consistent seasons. Uh, last season, 17-18 with Manchester. 33 points in 56 games uh, this season with Glasgow 32 points in 55 so again pretty consistent consistent points wise a good D-man as well uh, I know he's one of one of Gress' favourites when he was in Manchester um, so yeah yeah good signing every player in a Manchester jersey is Gress' favourite it doesn't matter who it is yeah. even Dallas Earhart so much don't go too far Joe don't go too far <laughs> and Springer love him not here I'm yet I'm yet to see Greft say that he doesn't like a uh, that he that'll doesn't be, like a storm player. That'll, that'll be off recording. That'll be off recording. <laughs> Fair play. Fair off play. Record. Off the record. That's a secret. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, no, you guys are you guys have, have hit the nail on the head again. Um, Glasgow looking to be a force that to be reckoned with at the minute. Uh, Thirty-two points from fifty-five games is is certainly a. Uh, not a, not so that not I can't speak certainly not a stat to turn your nose up to particularly from a D man uh, 28 so um, you know he's certainly uh, certainly got a few years left as well so a guy that maybe they'll they'll be hoping to keep for the next couple of seasons knows the league now being near a couple of seasons quite consistent in terms of points it was 33 from 56 in his in his season for Manchester uh, so keeping around that 32 33 number so I think if they keep him as a uh, as a D-man, as strong as he is, and keep him around 30 points, I think they're going to be very happy with that signing. Um, Elite Prospects has him down as a plus-minus of plus 18. Um, I'm not quite sure where how reliable the plus-minus stats on Elite Prospects are, so I will say that as a disclaimer. But if that's if that's true, plus 18 and 32 points is certainly a, a good signing um, for Glasgow. The last re-signing for Glasgow uh, was Scott Pitt. Um, so again, same question, guys. What do we think? I mean, Scott Pitt is a is one of those players where he comes to your rink and you're like, oh great, we have to shut him down, especially when he's on the line with Matt Becker. Every time I saw them last season, it was always going to be 61 assisted by 26, or 26 assisted by 61. Those two playing together are always they they know where each other are. It's like they're in sync. <laughs> Sixty one points in fifty eight games. What more can you say for that for a forward? He's got twenty two goals. Good number. Yeah. It's alright. In the season before that, eighteen goals and you got he only played 49 games last season and he got 57 points when he played in Manchester. That's Was he one of your favourites? Yeah, he was alright. That's a yes. That's definitely yeah, a definitely yes. yes. <laughs> Hashtag Homer <homogreth. laughs> Alright, Panther Joe. <laughs> touché, touché. Um, 
before I go on, it sounds like someone was uh, a, a bit disappointed having to contact the round of the game sheets last season. The, the number of combinations, that's why you can remember them so well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I didn't what... resent after he was probably writing them in the other column that a year before. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said, it's a signing that with the right person and they had him last year, dangerous, and did a very good job for the Glasgow clan the season just gone. So... We, we mentioned on the podcast for pieces of the puzzle and, and Scott Pitt's one of the pieces that's going to hopefully give Glasgow the opportunity, obviously depending upon their other new signings, to establish and cement the uh, top four finish again and maybe push up for the uh, top two. Maybe you know maybe even Dizzy Heights have uh, challenging for the title again. Um, been a few years since they've done that. So, you know, good start in terms of the recruitment by Pete Russell. And, you know, let's, let's see what else he uh, brings into Glasgow. Yeah, it's a fantastic signing. Uh, I, I won't be surprised if they try and try bring back Becker as well. Uh, another player who joined from Manchester uh, in 17-18. Going to steal uh, Mike Hammond as well. <laughs> yeah, well, possibility, isn't it, I suppose. Uh, Black Grass oh. one point in 58 games. Ironically, that's his, his jersey number. Um, yeah. A very solid player, uh, puts up the points, and uh, I think we're having a good season, if not better. I think it can only be a good thing when you've not really got a great deal to say about a player other than 61 points in 58 games. I mean, it, 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 it says everything it needs to say. Um, you look at, I mean, his, his track record from when he signed in Brayhead in, in the 14-15 season. Uh, he's now played 256 games in the Elite League with 296 points, so 1.16 points per game average. Um Certainly a guy that you want on your side. Um, certainly a guy that's going to be pushing for that top line. Um, as you say, would not surprise me in the slightest if they were going to try and sign Becker uh, to go along with him. Um, but yeah, certainly a, certainly a good start for the Glasgow clan. The one thing I'll say about this roster, I'll see what you guys think. Um, I mean, you look at what they've got so far. You know, decent core, a decent number of players signed. It's very, very, and this may sound very obvious. It may sound very, um, you know, matter of fact, may, may sound very, a bit, a bit, a bit, you know, as I say, a bit of an obvious thing to say. But it's very, very dependent at the moment on the new players that they're going to bring in. A lot of the players that they're bringing in at the moment, they're signing a good core, but a lot of the players, maybe Pitt is the exception, but a lot of the players are looking at your second, third line. If If they can sign a couple of guys that are going to put the top points up, then they are going to contest without a doubt for that top league spot. But if they're only going to sign a couple more second, third line players, and then they with you know two two second lines or a second line two third lines, that's the point when they're going to struggle and start falling down the rankings. No, I agree with where you're coming from, mate. Um, in but if you look at some of the signings they've made in terms of the changes. Um, okay, they're not many, but there's a couple of them, and I think they've improved. They've upgraded. If in my eyes, they've upgraded in the the net mining department. Um, and Colleen, so 100. percent That's the one place where they've definitely upgraded. You know, so I mean, and, and like I say, you know, Pete Russell will know the people that he'll want. He'll also know what budget will make available to sign the the first liners. You know, the the, the flair players, the guys who's going to get him 30, 40 goals, or hopefully get 30, 40 goals. So. It's probably easier to sign that type of player than your sort of your second, third line of your, you know, type, I don't know, what, man in the troops, you know, someone in the trenches type player. He has them in his mind. He has them players already. Let's keep him. 
keep them around in Glasgow and then build around them. Oh yeah, f- fully agree. And obviously, you tend to see a lot of other players, a lot of external players from the league tend to be tend to be signed around the point that the you know the, the closing of the World Champs, the closing of the the NHL playoffs, the points when the rest of the leagues are kind of finishing off their their seasons and that's the kind of time when you see more players get you know put in pen to paper and, and making a signing so yeah it, it's certainly not a sign based on the roster that they've signed so far it's just something to keep in mind that obviously right now they look like they're putting together quite an impressive squad but if they're falling short of the top point scorers to go on top of that that's the point where it's going to become less impressive but as I say it, it sounds like an obvious thing to say but when you're putting together a squad and everybody's kind of happy with all the re-signings, we know how easy it is to impress fans of, oh, we've re-signed this guy. I mean, there, there can be a player that's, that's that's put 10 points in the back of the net all season. Uh, sorry, put 10 points on the board even all season. And if he's a guy that the fans like, they'll be happy when he re-signs, but it's not necessarily always the right fit. Currently, it looks like the guys that they've got back are the right fit. As I say, it's, it's just dependent on how the roster moves going forward. But but yeah, it certainly be interesting. Yeah, and it's not like he's in a, a decent shop window soon, is he, for a couple of weeks? <laughs> yeah, certainly a guy that's going to be showcasing himself as a coach as well as getting a um a decent oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as well as getting a decent look in at players that he uh, he may want to be uh, getting signed as well. Um moving on from Glasgow then. Uh, that's all their signings done. <laughs> um we move on to the other team that's made a massive signings and I have to say a massive signings that I think some teams will be put out by cause I think some of the players that they've re-signed um, will be players that other teams in the league would have wanted. That's Guildford Flames. Um, starting off with one of those players that I think a lot of people would have wanted on their side. They've re-signed uh, forward Ian Waters. What do we think to that one, guys? I look at all their re-signings, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to very simply, um, all of them, you'd have them in your team. They make your team a better team. Each and every single one that I, I know you'll go through. Uh, so I'll, for me, each and every one, it's a great resi- All of them are great resignings by uh, Paul Dixon, and uh, he's, he's. The thing is with Guildford, they've 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 had these players for a couple of years. You know, Ackerhead, um, Jess Craig, and all them who are absolute stellar, absolute stud signings, and they seem to falter off. So, so maybe this year is a bit of a challenge for Paul Dixon to to keep his core, which he has he started to do. Um, and really add to it. Um, and, and Guildford is a franchise that will have the resources to be able to, you know, push the boat a bit to get that signing to to help gel the team to move them from the bottom bottom four and in, in the top eight side of things to a top four team to push. I mean, they've had a great season in respect of Challenge Cup final. There was overtime um, loss from it. Uh, I'm just trying to think of the playoffs. They um, made the semi-finals of the playoffs. Played Belfast again in the semis as well. Yeah. Thank, thank you. I, I kind of just um, I kind of completely forgot even though I was there. Um, Asking uh, the score, I can't remember the score. I just remember they played Belfast and Belfast won. I think it was two, three, one. But they, you know, they, they made certain great strides this year. Did Guildford? Um, so they'll want to keep certain level but push the league. And these all the signings help. They help. They help that course. So. That you'd, you'd want them in your club's colours. I can only echo what Dave's has said there. You'd definitely want them in your in your team. I mean, Ian Waters is as the example that we use here. Fifty three points in fifty six games with twenty six goals. That's 
for a for a team like Guildford who are in their, what, their third season now in the Elite League, they're really trying to contest with breaking into that top four, challenging for silverware. Yeah, it's another good signing. Uh, probably another guy who I would have had in Sheffield. Um, they made a, a great string of signings, which I think, yeah, I'd, I'd made those, those signings as well. As well, if if I was Paul Dixon, um, they've got a lot of their core back, um, and yeah, just Ian Watts himself, a very good player, uh, and he's definitely going to have another good season ahead of him. Yeah, 53 points from 56 games this season for Waters. Um, another consistent player as well. That's that's another thing to pick up on. 54 games from 55 in his previous year. Um, as I say, you, you sometimes see players come in for that, that kind of inaugural season in the Elite League and take off and really put the points up. And then the second season, they kind of falter off a little bit. You know, don't quite put as many on the board. Um Maybe peak too early, maybe set the bar too high, or maybe it's just a case of they get a bit too comfy in, in the position. Waters, two seasons in, basically the same amount. Like he's played one one last one less game last season, uh, put one more point on. So 55 from uh, sorry 54 from 55, and then 53 from 56. Either way, very consistent, a very good player, one that stands out and stood out to me every time that the, the Steelers play Guildford. Uh, remember a number of times when uh, when they put a point when, when they put a, a goal past us and it was uh, it was Waters that was being shouted out whether that was the goal or the assist. Um, he's also split straight down the middle, 26 goals, 27 assists. So a guy that can score and a guy that can assist. So certainly a good asset on your first second line. If they can keep him on a second line and sign a top first line, they'll be contending for the top three. Um, and they've moved already. They've moved in the way that they, that, you know, that they wanted to. Greth, as you say, third season in the Elite League. Um, you know, top five finish last year, finished in the, finished fifth in the league. Um, so a very, very good result for them. Dave, as you say, Challenge Cup final. Um, you know, a stellar performance, overtime loss. So they're going to be wanting to push now. Um, you know, they're establishing themselves as a team. Uh, maybe almost taking that, that similar kind of tone as the five flyers do obviously as the pesky flyers you certainly get the pesky flames coming in quite a lot of the time now as well um they're that team that's, that's a bit of a thorn in the side um particularly for us as Steelers fans because they have been a bit of a bogey side for us um and Waters has been a big reason for that so good signing for them um the next re-signing is a, is a signing that I think everybody across the league wanted to see in their colours um I'm disappointed Probably would probably would put this on a par with um, with Patrick Killeen signing for Glasgow and how disappointed I am. Um, it's Kale Akerud, uh, who's also re-signed for the Flames. What do we think, gents? You, you just mentioned it there. Everyone would have wanted to have Kale Akerud in their team. He's a, he's a really, really good defenseman. And his goal scoring is... He's improving it every season. Like the first season in the Elite League, he got 20 goals as a D-man. Second season, he got 23 goals as a D-man. It seems like their power play runs through him as well. And then you take in the fact that he can do a really good penalty shot as well. He's just a really on-out really good player. Good sign for any club in the Elite League. Possibly even in some of the some of the top leagues in Europe as well. 
as I said with the last signing, it makes your team a better one. Him and your lineup. So, yeah, well, there's not more, more to really add to that. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's also he's a very good, very good hockey player overall. So it's good to see from a, a, a hockey fan perspective. But you'd rather have him in your clubs than not. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm gutted with a capital G. Uh, no, can improve any team at all. That's even worse than a lowercase G. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, probably not the best season compared to his last season, but uh, still putting up some really great points. And and this guy is is the complete package. You know, uh, offensively contributing, defensively solid, uh, and his creativity as well is really up there. Uh, not, not to mention um, his absolute cannon of a slap shot. I'm glad you said. I was waiting for somebody yeah. to mention his slap shot. Push sh- should start calling the the uh, defensive version of Fulton Reed. Um, but yeah, very good player. One out of five. <laughs> a very good uh, signing again for Guildford. Yeah, I'm I'm devastated with a capital D. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm I'm, no. I'm changing the record a little bit. Um, <laughs> No, it's a great sign, and you guys have covered it off. Uh, as you say, Andy, maybe maybe trailed off a little bit from his first season. Um, interesting to see his points go down and his goals go up. Um, question whether that's just that he's, the guys in his line weren't contributing quite like they did last year. Um, although finishing fifth in the league as an improvement would suggest otherwise. So I'm not quite sure for the reason for 15 uh, a drop of 15 points in assists, but. Um, nonetheless, always going to be a guy that people are going to want to see on their team. As you say, absolute cannon of a slap shot. Um, great guy to have on the point, and he always, always looks dangerous on that power play. But he can turn it on defensively as well, and that's the key thing. He's certainly a, a very, very top-end two-way player. He's not a guy like... You look at some guys across the league, the likes of... I'd even throw like Ben O'Connor in the mix at times, a guy that he's so talented offensively but a lot of the time you see the the you know the offense take control and then when it comes back to the defensive side of things it, it gets a bit lax it gets a little bit you know a little bit slack and and it's let go um not necessarily saying that's the case with O'Connor all the time but you do see those lapses at times you you see the guy pinch forward nobody's there to drop back and then it causes problems i can't think of a time that i've seen accurate playing for the flames where it's caused them a serious issue Yes, he's talented offensively, but a lot of that talent comes from his ability on the blue line, his ability to take the shot, his ability to put it away, and he can move it forward when needs be as well. But I don't think he's the kind of guy that risks a lot of conceded goals by pinching up every every time, um, which is which is a great thing. He's also got that sense to to know when to go and when not. Um, again, keeping it with the Flames, uh, the next re-signing and again uh, it's another top end D-man uh, Jesse Craig I, I imagine this is probably going to go a very similar way but uh, what do we think guys yeah you, yeah, similar thing similar words great player you'd have him on your team yeah I don't think and if, like I said at the beginning I don't think a single player you're going to mention that you wouldn't that the line's going to change they, they, they call their signs great it's another good player that they've got yeah pretty much the exact same. <laughs> he's a really he's shown that he's still a really good demon and it wasn't just a, a one season fluke or anything as such. He might have dropped a few points this season, but is you could still tell when he was on the 
on that ring, something good was going to happen, and you were you were in safe hands. It's very similar to Akared in, in respect of uh, last season, 63 points in 56, and then this season, 46 in 60. Uh, I think that drop off is maybe because they've just had more more presence from the other players in front of them. Uh, maybe bit, the players have contributed more, which has sort of uh, lightened the load off them. Uh, but another good one, and and just like I said, Akarad and Craig pretty much like for like, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that they're best friends off the ice as well as, well as on it, and um, another good sign overall. If Akarad and Craig don't match up for one of the best top line D in the league, I don't know who does. Um, 63 points from 56 in his first season for the Flames. He had the he had the captaincy as well in his first season. Uh, dropped down a little bit, 46 points from 60 games. But again, similar to Akerhead, Now, yes, you see that little drop, but it, again, another guy that I think most most teams would happily have in their colours. Um, so, Guildford looking very very strong defensively at the moment. One thing I'll just one thing I'll point out and see what you see what you guys think to this. I mean, a lot of teams obviously looking to build that brick core. Um, you know, we spoke last week or last episode, should I say, about the likes of like Betridge and Tetlow signing in Nottingham. Obviously, Sheffield signed a good brick core um, and signed up basically their whole brick core straight away. Looking at the Flames roster, obviously they they've certainly put a priority on not necessarily the the brick core, but more you know they're, they're re-signing players, they're signing a good core of players, but currently they're they're looking low on the on the Brits. Do we think that that could lead to them having lacking a bit of depth? Obviously, a lot of the time the Brits allow for you to play four-line hockey. If you've got enough Brits, it, it gives you to, it gives your roster a good amount of depth. Do we think them putting the priority on those core, the import core, is putting them at risk of lacking in the depth from signing a strong Brit core? Potentially, it is. Um, it just depends on what you know, Paul Dixon's. Emphasis of if he wants three strong lines instead of playing the four lines where the vast majority of, of, of the hockey world is moving towards. Um, it, it just depends. I mean, I know they've, they've got a, a couple of uh, resigned Brits, I think we'll mention. Uh, but I think that's one thing that Guildford has struggled in their elite league tenure is the, the Brit pack and having the faith to go having the Brits, the players and the coaches have the faith in the players to go, you can have 10, 15 minutes and you're going to give the, the import players the breather that they need so they can go back strong on the next shift. So, possible. Um, but again, we don't know if um, maybe even some of the Milton Keen Brits get snapped up um, who played the Elite League last year. Who knows? Yeah. As... We're only, as like obviously we're only fans. We don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. So Dixon could already have snapped up his his brick core, but he's decided. You know what? I'll give our fans the players that they want back, and then I'll bring forward the brick core that we've signed further on. Um, I think I'm on the fence a bit with this one. Um... I'm not sure what British have signed already. Um, I, I can't remember for the life of me. But I won't be surprised if if, if Ben Davies returns, Jess Lundin, uh, Richard Crow, uh, been in, in in the league just a couple of years, but he's doing pretty well. Uh, he's getting more ice time and, uh, and he's improving, just learning from the team that he's on. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if, if those three come back. And, and like Dave said, maybe a few from uh, from MK could, could come up. You just never know. But um, it's a pretty good um, junior brick pack in Guildford as well. So maybe they'll go down the route of, of, the, of maybe like, like the Alex Graham signing that Sheffield made. Uh, but who knows? Could go anyway. Yeah, the, I mean, the effect, obviously, that the Brits are going to have, obviously, we don't know who's who's signed where and, and what they've got going on behind the scenes, but it's just, it's always something that it can be overlooked when you're looking at your top point producers and things like that. You don't, I don't think it's always appreciated by everybody as to the, the effect and the importance of a good Brit, Brit core, because it does allow you to play that good depth, but as I say... Um, Certainly wait and see to who they signed there. Uh, a couple more re-signings for Guildford. The next was um, another forward, um, another good point-producing forward as well, John Dunbar. Um, it's just really another one of, he's a player that anyone would love to have on their team. And he might have not scored as many goals last season as he did the season before then. He was assisting a lot, and he, he he was pretty much controlling the play every time he was on the ice. He's a really good and talented player, and I mean, what more can I say there? You'd love to have him on your team. Well, Griff said uh, to the word, unfortunately. And again, another good player that they've kept, uh, impact player. And we'll be expecting the same again from him next season. Again, he's, he's, he's a bit like uh, Akkered and, and Craig in, in respect of his points were dropped. But in, in his first year, uh, first year in 17-18 with Guildford, 81 points. I mean, holy mother. But, yeah, he, he has dropped off. But, with uh, a capital M. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But... He has dropped off, but like I said, that that's probably due to uh, other players around him contributing more, uh, putting more and more points up. Another great signing. Uh, still young as well, 27 years old, so still a lot of uh, growth in him as well. Uh, I can see him having, having a better season next one as well. Yeah, it's like I said earlier, it's, it's funny to see how your top-end players are diluted when you start signing more of, of players of that quality and you, it's definitely been seen as you say Akered, um Craig Dunbar all players that I mean as you say 81 points from 55 games is insane uh, and that's a, that's his first season in Guildford um, you know what can you say about that 56 points in 60 games still just shy of a point per game um, his time in the elite league he's, he's put up 1.19 points per game so that, again you know, particularly if he, this guy's been signing, it, it's again dependent on who else they're going to sign in addition. But you know, if he's going to put up those kind of points again, I would imagine him to stay on a similar kind of consistency to this year. So kind of putting up around a 50-60 margin. Um, you know, if, he, if they can if they can bolster their team with a few other top end guys, um, you know, these are, the, the Flames certainly are looking like they're going to contest. And Gref, as you say, another guy that I think everybody's going to be disappointed is off the market. Um, you know, it feels like a broken record with Guildford, but it really shows you the depth that they had last year. That we've we've just listed four players straight off. You know, four all four of which we'd have probably happily seen in our in our team's colours. So, um, you know, a, a great signing again. Um, next, we move to probably slightly less points production, um, but still a decent, you know, a decent point production. Uh, another guy 
who's uh, who starts declining his second season for Guildford. Um, again, as you say, probably because of the step up in quality in the whole team. Uh, but that is Brett Ferguson, um, who's also re-signed. Yeah, I, one of those pieces of the, the puzzle type player, but does it well. Um, again, another player I'd, I'd have in Sheffield. Um, uh, and it's it's, again, it's it's the broken record, but it's strengthening uh, Guildford's uh, core for this for the season coming up. It's uh, yeah, it's another another good pickup by uh, Paul Dixon to keep within the ranks. Yeah, there's not really much you can say, but we haven't already said about the other previous players as well. And even with the dropping of points himself. He still put up 38 points in 51 games. There's not really much else you can say about him. Yeah, points-wise, not so bad at all. Uh, I mean, pretty good for a second, third liner. Uh, but uh, it's interesting to see that he's not signed this season, uh, again, in the Australian League for the summer. So maybe uh, the break... The break from hockey in the summer will do him a lot of good. Maybe uh, he's got more time to, pre- to pre- prepare for next season. And maybe because of that, we'll see his points go up. But um, yet to see. I mean, again, another one. Just the quality around him is probably the main difference, the main reason why he's dropped points a bit compared to the uh, compared to the last one. But uh, still pretty good. Yeah, I, I, you know, in comparison to the four that we've just listed off, I'd, I'd have him down as obviously less as harsh as this the Fraser team but less desirable than the other the other four you know I'd rather see Akrid Craig Waters or Dunbar on, on you know in a Steelers team but um still a decent point production another guy that's that's kind of sloped off um between the 17-18 season and the 18-19 as you say Andy I mean that could have been because he's played in in the Australian league it could have just been a case that he's he's overdone it um, you know he's he's 29 now, um, so again not going to be one of the younger of the squad, but certainly got a few years left in him still. Um, yeah, 72 penalty minutes is quite interesting from 51 games. Um, so you know, look, the guy that plays with a bit of an edge, um, you know, could still put the points up. Good guy to have, as you say. It wouldn't surprise me if this guy was bringing up the third line. Um, and having a 38-point producer on a third line is, uh, is certainly not a bad thing. So another guy that's going to add some strength to the Guildford uh, roster. And the last player that we've got on the list that signed for Guildford yeah. uh, is Cruz Reddick. Um, is Sean is very consistent. <laughs> two two seasons in the Elite League. 66 points both both seasons. 36 it's, penalty minutes both seasons as well. What a good start to have. <laughs> I think it's probably a, a weird one to have, but still. <laughs> There's not really much else we can say about him. He's, he is a really good pick, a really good re-signing for Guildford. He is a player that most teams in the league would definitely love to have. Especially with those stats as well. He's showing he, he can score, but he's showing he can also assist. It's exactly what Griff That's the same as what Griff said. Um, great hey, stats. I never think I've heard you agree with Griff ever in my life as much as you have today. If, if, 
in fairness, mate, you could have just gone, here are the re-signings for Guildford. It would have been the same one. We could have all done it in one good match because that's, you know, as I've said a number of times, that's the calibre of the core that they've re-signed. Stats, deep, you know, good for the club. And, you know, again, you'd have them in your team. I'm not sure I can't find many words uh, that could just to freshen things up to describe it. But no, it's, again, another good re-signing for the, uh, the Flames. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, it's good to see that he's, he's not dropped points like the others have uh, from the previous season. Maybe he's, he's more of the person that likes to set plays up, uh, plays more of a pivotal role in power play. Um, and he's and, and got a, a very decent eye for the net. Um, you know, a very good player, not much else I can say. Uh, pretty young, 28, not the oldest, not the youngest, but still a pretty good age. Maybe he's getting to that peak now. So we'll we'll see what happens, but another good sign. Yeah, um, again, Gref, as, as you said, consistent, 66 points from 60 games, 66 points last year, 36 penalty minutes across both seasons. Uh, certainly a guy where you know what you're getting when you sign him. Uh, and if you know you're getting a guy that's putting up, uh, that's going to put up more than a point per game, you can't complain. Um, looks like a strong signing. You know, not another guy who the thing is when you look at this this Guildford roster, um, it's another guy who's put some years in in the U Sports League, put some years in the WHL. You know, he's maybe not played in any of those buzz leagues that when you sign a player you're looking for those leagues. Has he played the NHL? Has he played the AHL? Has he played the KHL? Uh, you know, has he played in the top Swedish league? Um, you know, with with Reddick he played 52 games in the Allsvenskan put up 19 points so not not the most record breaking not the guy that when they signed was probably the guy that everybody was screaming and shouting about um but i'll, I'll bet probably people are screaming and shouting about the fact that they've re-signed him because three years would um well a third year signing for a guy that's put up 66 points a year uh is certainly a good signing um and again adds a lot of strength to the guildford roster i think people can probably tell um we're liking the look of the guildford flames team so far this year um I think they've pretty much re-signed everybody on their roster that I would have marked as a priority now. Um, if they can sign some top-end net-minding and, uh, and and add some extra, you know, add to the Brit pack and add some extra third and fourth liners and second liners, maybe a couple of top liners, these guys are going to contest. Um, and they are really going to contest. We know that Dixon's a good coach. We've seen him contest for silverware already this year. And the guys that they're re-signing, they're just showing that they, they mean to do it again. Um, moving on from Guildford, unless anybody's got anything else to add, um, is Manchester. I'm looking at you, Greth, um, because we all know how much you love Manchester. So I'm, I'm going to let you uh, talk about the new signing in Manchester. Yeah, so we've re- well, we've signed Zach Sullivan from the Glasgow clan. He's over the he's played f- five seasons for the clan, and he's done really well. He's I can he's a, a steady British D-man. He's he's consistent in points as well. He's got he goes between about between seven to nine points over the past six seasons. He's doing well. I mean, everyone was mentioning you need a good. To do well in this league, you need some good British players at least, and he's one of them. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a win-win uh, scenario again for both player and club. Uh, Glasgow decided that the, uh, they no longer wanted these services. Uh, it's a good pickup for Manchester. Um, was also recently in the uh, the national side, so you know the caliber of the uh, the player that they're getting. So it is is a good pickup by Manchester. I, I think it's one of the uh, the number of areas, shall we say, that they probably would look at this season to uh, try and prevent a second year on the bounce, not making the playoffs. So because um, the probably didn't make the playoffs this season, just gone. We don't mention it once in this podcast. It's just a rumor. Um, is this true, Griff? I've never heard this before. I just need confirmation. Did you did you make playoffs this year? It's a rumor. <laughs> you know, like... we, we, we can work with rumors. It's fine. <laughs> but no, on, on a serious point, they'll look at some of the areas to to improve and, and not have the same again. This helps them in that in that area. Um. So yeah, it's a win win all around for the uh, for the storm and uh, for Zach. Yeah, it's coming off a uh, fire season in Glasgow. Uh, last season being uh, the most games that he's, he's played in, 60 games overall uh, with the Glasgow clan. Uh, Points-wise, not amazing, but I don't expect much from from really a, a fourth-line Brit defenseman. Uh, but I think under uh, under Manchester's wing, they'll, they'll raise his game up um, and it'll be even better next season. I'm trying to I'm trying to put together in my head kind of the the timings, and I, I can't I can't think. Would so would Zach Sullivan have been a signing made by Finity in Glasgow, or was that just after Finity left? I can't quite remember the timings. I think that was when he was. I think there. it would. Have, I think it would have been yeah. 2014, 15. So that was around when. Yeah. Yes, it would have been yeah. Sound. I got something right. I still had to check it, but I got something right. Does that make up for my uh, Joey Martin, Josh Batch? No, oh, no, 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 It was worth asking the question. Not a chance. It was worth asking the question. That's all At I'm going to say. At least you tried. It takes something special for that to happen. Well, Have you know. some cake. I'm full of surprises. Um, yeah, no, a, a good signing for, for the Storm. Um, obviously, Finner knows what he's getting if he's uh, if he's bringing Sullivan uh, back to one of his teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, Andy, as you say, not, not the best in terms of point production. Uh, but a good solid D man. Always good to have a, a, a decent Brit core. Um, decent British D men are snapped up very quickly in this league for a reason, um, and it's it's always nice because having that Brit D man that's a good caliber means that you can then look to uh, you know to bring in some guys that are going to contribute in terms of points. Um, you know that have maybe played in the bigger leagues, so maybe maybe make you. You kind of more breakthrough signings in terms of imports in, in, in the guys that are going to put the points on the board rather than the guys that are going to be on the back end. Um, Sullivan's a guy that's that's reliable. He's a good, strong D-man, um, and you know what you're getting with him. So certainly a good signing for them. Be interesting to see how he comes off, because I, I know that he's, he's tweeted out, obviously, I mean, he's never going to say anything different, but disappointed to have obviously been told by Glasgow that he, he, he wasn't wanted back this year. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes off the hangover from that. Does he come out with a point to prove, or does he come out with, you know, does he does he come out straight out of the box and, uh, you know, go, go, yeah, does he come out with a point to prove straight out of the box, or does he come out with a bit of a lag and then obviously bring his game back in? It'll be interesting to see. Um, I suspect it'll be the former. I suspect it'll be uh, that he comes out straight out of the box and comes out with a good point to prove. Um, you know, he's he's 24, played a few, obviously played. 
you know, fair few years in the in the league now, so he knows what he's doing. Um, as I say, Storm fans know what they're getting. Um, so another good signing. Um, the last of the of the signings, uh, which we'll be happy to see, because it's been a, <laughs> it's been a long list of signings uh, this time round. But um, the Nottingham Panthers have signed uh, Guy Doucette as their director of hockey, um, which they have described as overseeing the on-ice operations, including recruitment of both players and a new coach. Um, it also means his retirement as a player. Uh, so what what do we think to that, guys? I'm, I'll, I'll, kick the, I'll kick it off straight away. For a guy, I think, 32 years old, I thought he had more to, to bring in terms of his playing ability, but what do we think? It's, it's not, not gone down that well in Nottingham uh, on twofold, but for me, I think the big thing about this, it's a change of of culture in the Panthers. A lot of the stuff would go through Gary Moran. Um, and to have someone else come in, because if you think of the Panthers, you think Gary Moran. Long-time general manager, done you know, a lot of the... Uh, the off-ice stuff has been in control of. So now you have someone else with a different mindset, a different aspect of hockey completely, fresh from the league. It, well, I, I don't think it'll be a success over, overnight. I think it may, there may be a building in period, and I think this is a, we need some patience. Because a franchise that has had a attitude I want to use the word attitude not in a negative context but an attitude of this is how we do things this is how we go about recruiting this is how we do our business to change it will take time for it to bed in and, and then to then be successful or not good hockey player very good very, very good hockey player um, and, and could get points on the board in, in, when he was on the ice the, the, the question is what's his context like what is his you know, address book like is he a um, a Ben Simon style in terms of he knew players, his contact range was good, um, or you know, uh, so I speak ill of, of people, but the Doug McKay, the, the ex coach of Milton Keynes, who didn't seem to have uh, that much of a um, of a contact list to get players in. It's it's a wait and see sign. Some of the speak because we was down for the torpedo game in Nottingham, and some of the fans were a bit disappointed. They was hoping for something a bit more razzmatazz. Very pan-possessed. You know, like when they announced, you know, Cam Janssen, big NHL, the, the star type name, you know, um, McGratton. That, that, this, this type of stuff that Nottingham does. And I'm not Re-signing to Aguila Pien that went so well. Well, you know, nothing works. But uh, I, I think it's going to take time. It's it's, it's a it's a, case. it's a complete change of culture, uh, the Panthers. So I think they they may see a bit of a bedding in period. They may feel a bit of pain, but I suspect, you know, if he's anything in his new role as a player, very competitive, won't give up, could be a shrewd move by the Panthers. Yeah, I think I was surprised that he's retired. I mean, I thought he probably could have played a few, at least a few more seasons in the Elite League, at least. He was always putting up good numbers. He's played 36 games last year, got 33 points. Season before that, he was playing for Milton Keynes, and he still put up 52 points in 56 games. He was a really good player in this league itself. 
for the job role he's just taken up. I guess he he probably saw it as a. I probably might might not get this chance in the next few years, so I'm going to take it now. He's thinking. He's probably thinking more family first than his playing career. Yeah, I I can see it being more of a. Uh... A three, five, or ten-year sort of plan that is going Nottingham. I, I don't think one season will be enough to to really uh, get much success uh, as soon as that. But this is one guy who's certainly right up the air miles. Uh, I mean, seven countries in nine years. You know, it's it's quite a lot of moves. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think it'll be more more of a more of a plan than than just a uh, you know this is it. This is next season. We're going to be signing with some great players I, I think it's, it's going to be take a little bit of time it's, it's a new role to him as well so you'll need time to settle into it get used to it and uh, I guess just see what players I can bring into Nottingham yeah the interesting thing for me is I mean we say that he's obviously he's new to this role um, which can be quite a difficult thing and obviously Dave as you say we wonder what his contact list is like we wonder what his address book's like when you look at the leagues he's played in, you don't necessarily expect him to have built up a great deal of contacts. Um, Dave, you quoted, uh, obviously mentioned Ben Simon um, and said about you know the, the success obviously that he had in Sheffield. Obviously, it was his first time as a coach in Sheffield. When he signed as a coach and the guy that was going to be signing the team, I mean, you look at his resume. By the time he was in Sheffield, he'd played 81 games in the NHL, 481 games in the AHL. So he's established himself in two of the top leagues in the world where he was obviously going to have a lot of contacts through that um, and through those teams. You then look at Doucette. I mean, I mean, we're talking QMJHL to U Sports League, France, Elite League, Denmark, Alps Hockey League. They're not the leagues that jump out at you as this guy's going to have some contacts in some big leagues. But then again, you've got the Panthers. The Panthers obviously having made signings like Chris Stewart, Anthony Stewart in the lockout, Cam Jansen, Brian McGratton, who I'm sure will all be able to, in fairness, all players that showed at some point, or certainly Jansen and, uh, and McGratton showed at some point an interest in re-signing for the Panthers and obviously still probably hold some kind of interest in the team. In the, Obviously, if they're going to support a team in the Elite League, that's the team that they're going to root for. I'm pretty sure they'll still have contacts um, with those kind of players that can kind of give them a helping hand, maybe suggest some contacts. What I find interesting about this one is Nottingham are often the front runners in setting a new precedent in the league. They were one of the first teams to have two import netminders, uh, or, well, yeah, two import netminders, two starting netminders rather than running the usual import starting netminder and then bring it back up. They were one of the first teams to have two starting netminders that they could rotate. Obviously, they, they, you know they were always the front runners in bringing in the big players like Jansen, McGratton, uh, Anthony Stewart was I think the first was he the first person in the lockout to come over to the Elite League I think just before um, the likes of Drew Miller and Tom Sestito were signed. I'm pretty sure yeah, Anthony I think Stewart were, yeah. was the first lockout yeah. player. Uh, obviously Chris Stewart. So did you know they, they often make some big groundbreaking moves. The one thing that's going to be a shock to the system for Nottingham fans is they've gone from Rick Schoenemaz, a guy who had a lot of experience as a coach, 
Um, you know, he's, he seemed he, he appeared to be a guy who knew what he was doing when he took the reins, a guy that was going to bring him some, some success. I certainly thought that, particularly looking at the kind of the NHL, KHL, AHL players that he brought to the roster as well, he certainly looked like he was going in the right direction when he signed. That then obviously didn't go as planned. Schoenemann's left the Panthers um, and, you know, they were left in the position that they were at the end of the season. A third place finish, not a bad finish by any means. But when you're getting rid of your coach midway through the season, it's obviously not gone the way you were hoping. So to go from that experience from Schoenemann's, when it didn't go the way they wanted, to then go to Doucette with the unknown of who the coach is going to be and a guy who's not really got the experience in the job role that he's going to be doing, it is going to be a shock. It doesn't surprise me to hear that a lot of Panthers fans aren't happy about it or, or, or don't really know what to think. I'd say give this one a minute because I think this one's going to be... A, a, this, As you say, Dave, this could be a very, very shrewd move for Nottingham uh, and it could be a very, very good step in the right direction. Uh, but certainly um, defining a, a wait-and-see signing at the moment. Um, so we move on from the airport section. That is finally... Um, hallelujah. All the signings done. Yeah, hallelujah, absolutely. Um, we go on to what has been a bit of a taboo topic in the Elite League over the last few weeks or so, or few months. Uh, obviously, we closed the 2018-19 season on the understanding that there was going to be no Milton Keynes Lightning in the Elite League. Uh, the Elite League have now put out something to say that they've been approached by, I think, just to get the wording right, believe it was they've been approached by a consortium um, looking to take on an EIHL franchise in Milton Keynes to try and keep Elite League hockey in MK. A bit of a, a, bit of a surprise announcement from the IHL. I think we were all kind of set for a 10 league to, uh, a 10 team league what do we think now that this has come out I think twofold um, if you read sort of the forum social media the, the, the Monkeen fans apart from a die hard few who were very much anti elite league before and during um, they they liked what they saw with the elite league they, was, they wanted to keep the elite league around and as a franchise and as a, a club that was been prepared for a number of years to be an elite league team to have two years and then drop out it's not surprising that a consortium's come up and said uh, you know we're interested in in putting in a team in Milton Keynes but also I think the league and their investment and time in terms of investment to having Milton Keynes in the league I think it shows that it's, it's something that the league wants as well um, so will it pull off? I don't know. I mean, if it does, then you've got whatever the Milton Keynes team would be called. You've then got the Lightning, the Thunder. Is Milton Keynes able to sustain three hockey teams? They could be the better storm in the league. We've it got Thunder be. and Lightning. It could be, yeah. The Milton Keynes reign. Who knows? But yeah, you know, that's the, the bigger question. If if they actually do take the franchises. Will Milton Keynes be able to sustain three teams without all playing at the same rink? It's also can they get the ice time? It's at the moment the contracts with Milton Keynes Lightning, so it'd be good to have Milton Keynes a Milton Keynes franchise in the league, but. You'd have to put a lot of like variables in place. Where is it going to be more than the two seasons and then drop out because of 
financial stuff. Are we going to get more like players going on podcasts as such and pretty much I'd say probably like kind of bad mouthing the league a little bit considering we're trying, they're trying to build up the reputation of this league itself so there'll be a lot a lot of things to look at and then it probably won't look good as well on I'd say probably Murrayfield probably have a bit of a moan about it as well, not getting into the league as well. It's it's great that someone's come forward to try and keep hockey in, in elite league hockey in MK. Um, I think three three teams. I think it could work, but it'll be a very big stretch. I mean, you've got to look at the long run as well. Uh, short term, probably easier, but but more long term, you can't really tell. I mean, we'll be able to to afford. These three teams going. Um, it's it's very hard to say right now. I, I mean, very early days, but I, I think it would only be right if they were going to put if they were going to keep eleven teams in the league. That like, like Grev said, like somewhere if they'll come back, uh, make it twelve. I think it would be, be better with twelve teams, uh, but obviously still a days. Then okay, just have to see what happens. Yeah, it's a really strange one. Um... Even t- not taking into account the logistics of three teams in a, in one rink, um, I just think the whole just just the whole side of things regarding the reputation of hockey and Milton Keynes at the moment um, isn't obviously in its best position. I know that obviously it'll be very obvious and very publicised that it's under different ownership, whatever team it it will be. Um, but is the reputation that, that hockey in the elite league or that hockey in Milton Keynes is going to have established following the incidents? Obviously, as I say, we've, we've already said that they're not ones that we're going to go into detail on on this podcast. But are those kind of incidents and that kind of reputation going to have a negative effect on whoever's trying to keep hockey in Milton Keynes? Yes, it might not be the Lightning. Yes, it might not be the Moody's that, that are in control. But still, when you see Milton Keynes elite league hockey you're going to have some association. It's still going to be associated with the events that have happened with the Lightning this year. Um, I, I, I just can't, I can't see it happening. I honestly can't. Um, you know, we're in May now. We're going to the World Champs. And then obviously, that, as I say, that's the time when teams are running on all cylinders to try and sign the, you know, the teams up for the year. We've still not got a, we're still not got an answer from the league as to whether or not this is actually going to happen. Obviously, they, they have acknowledged in the article, which was a nice, short and sweet article, but, but they have acknowledged in there that they're aware of the urgency. Obviously, they know that it's going to, you know, it needs deciding soon if it is going to happen. But I just kind of, I just, I just can't see it happening. I think the timescales, the reputation that Hockey and Milton Kings is going to have over the next couple of years, um, quite frankly, I think it'd be better for, Hockey in Milton Keynes and for the Elite League to have a year off, run the league as the 10-team league, let kind of everything settle that's happened over the last year with the Lightning and then bring in a Milton Keynes team again next year with another team like Murrayfield as an example to come into the Elite League to take us from 10 to 12. I just I don't know. I, as I, I've said this before, I said this when Milton Keynes said that they weren't going to be in the league next year. I said that I'd rather see a 10 or a 12 team league to an 11. Um, not by any means happy that Milton Keynes were dropping out of the league, but logistically, a 10 team league is going to be so much easier to run. 
we just got to see what happens. But personally, I, I'd be very skeptical. I, I, I wouldn't be getting my hopes up that it was going to happen. Uh, but you never know. As I say, we're just going to wait and see. Um, moving on from Milton Keynes, then moving on to um, the world champs, the the topic that's going to put a big beam on uh, on Dave and Gress face as they are both uh, heading over to uh, to the world champs to Slovakia. Um, we've now had the 25 man roster announced for GB. Um, obviously, we've got the rosters for most of the teams that are going to be taking part against. Um, you know, they've also announced their rosters as well. Uh, so we'll just do a bit of a preview in terms of the world champs. We'll try and keep this short and sweet, gents, because I appreciate because of the number of signings, we are going to be going on for quite a long time again this episode. So um, obviously a lot to discuss with regards to the world champs, but we'll try and keep it short and sweet. Dave, I'll, I'll throw it over to you and Gref um, as the two that are going over there. I, th- I think, you know, you look at the, just the magnitude of what the world champs is for, for Great Britain. When, when it, that night in Budapest, when it all the gold medal was won and we went and made the world champs you knew you was like oh we're going to get put the swedes the russians the canadians the americans and then the group stage or the groups were decided and everything and now it's we play our first game um in eight days time as we speak now on the third of may and the magnitude of of the of the, the test that we've got is, is looking in the rosters as announced uh you look at the the u.s roster um full of talent you look at the canadian roster full of good talent um the german team looks at a very fast dl team um the the the, the rosters are slowly coming out and i asked i throw the question to graphic we all knew that the task was going to be difficult and then you start putting the names to the rosters it just shows how how big the task is for gb2 pull off anything in trying to keep up in the world championships. It, yeah, it really does. I mean, miracles can happen. We saw that last last year in Budapest. We all thought we're going to be struggling against, struggling to stay up. It's going to be either us or Poland going down. And then it was us actually going up. So, looking at the, the squads at the moment, I'm. It's there's no words really to say about it. It's like you you're looking at it and you go in, wow. Ben Bounds is gonna come up against John Tavares or Jack Eichel. Dave's hero, or, John Tavares. Yeah. All right. It, the only downside is obviously you got some players that. I've not, I've kind of like rejected the call up just because they want to relax or they want to brush up on their sweeping skills for one player. I do. We made playoffs. So <laughs> 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 seeing like the likes of, I've seen the likes of Crosby or Mike David. Line that, A as well. Yeah, not seeing Line A as well, yeah. That's. A bit of a unfortunate for most fans, like myself or Dave, but it's something that happens. It's part of hockey. I mean, I'm not seeing Mitch Marner as well. It's like he would have been a great acquisition to have on the Team Canada's team, but it's 
contract year, so I'm guessing he's going to want to get that all and done with before anything else. It's the one disappointing thing with GB not being in a group with Russia, isn't it? Um, oh. I mean, you look at the Russian team that's, that's going over, you've got the likes of Ovechkin, Kucherov, um, Kovalchuk, yeah, Kovalchuk. Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky going in goal for them Vasilevsky, as well. It's Vasilevsky and uh, Grigorev, uh, the Rangers. Um, just just an embarrassment of riches of talent. Did you say that Kovalchuk was going on the fourth line for that? Yeah, they, they played Sweden in one of the warm-up games and Kovalchuk was on the fourth line. It's like, what? Is, is Datsyuk making the trip over? Um, no, I don't think Datsyuk's been picked. I, I want to say, I mean, I, I could be, I could be completely wrong in that. I'll have to double check that. And you know, but again, you know, you look at the teams over there, and and even like the Latvians and 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 the French and the the, the Danes, you know, they're not going to have all the NHL stars. So the Danes, I, I ain't seen their roster yet. They may have uh, Freddie Anderson from the Maple Leafs um, in goal, which will be will boost their chances. Um, but every team, it's just you look at go, wow, I've watched you on the NHL. Wow, I've watched you on the NHL. Wow, wow. Wow, and even if you're watching on TV, you just kind of go, Dave Phillips is going to go up against this NHLer. Robert Farmer is going to go up against this NHLer. Ben Bounds or Jackson Whistle is going to try and make saves against these NHLers. And we're not talking 5, 10, 15 game NHLers. Some of them are established, good. Two-time Stanley Cup winners. <clears throat> Matt Murray. Sorry, Griff. You know, that's the calibre of, of hockey player that they're never going to be playing against. I mean, they, over the past years, they're used to playing against you know players from Romania, Holland, and other spectrum, but they're not a patch on the lights of what we're going to see um, in the next two and a bit weeks. And, you know, speaking to some of the, the GB fans, the, there's a realistic expectation um, of what to expect. And it, you know, it's not being unfair to the guys. It's There's not much because the task is a lot steeper. But, no one expected it last year. And, you know, to, to nick a coin from Slim Shady, you know, what's wrong with to Dare to Dream? Who could, you know, we may... I'll go to you now. If we somehow stay up this year, it'll be a bigger achievement than the back-to-back golds making the World Championships. If we somehow stay up this year, because Dave all of a sudden sounds more confident than he did a couple of weeks ago, we will, we will release an MFZ special single... <laughs> Where Dave fronts it as the MFZ version of Susan Boyle's version of <laughs> I Dreamed a Dream. I, I'm we'll, gonna, I, we, will, I, we will do a full MFZ music video starring Dave. I don't think we will. I'll be honest. I don't. I generally don't think we will. But you know what? They've got a chance. I hope so now because I want to see that video. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if 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 all those GB players have, aren't on Cloud Nine when they're going up against these guys. I mean, who would have thought? Mercury is only playing against players like those. They, they wouldn't have fought it. Uh, all I'll say to them is just enjoy enjoy the experience. You know, it, it probably will end up being relegated, but so be it. You know, who thought we'd be in this position after after 25 years? I mean, is it a chance that we could stay up? There's a chance. It probably won't happen, but I'm not saying it won't happen because you know, all, all it takes is those players for Denmark, France to have a bad game or you know, or, or just be able to play by a team that's that's got the more hunger and more desire to to play for that, that badge on their shape with it. It's that lion, you know. They'll be absolutely the thrilled. The Peugeot logo. Yeah, they'll be absolutely thrilled to be where they are now. 
and they should just enjoy every moment of it and and just play like they have done all season, which is very well. It's it's a point you raise. That's 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 point. It is 25 years in the making, and there's been on on some of the websites there's been some videos of GB playing uh, in the last the last time against and against the the the, the USSR as it were, I think, before they broke up and everything. So just seeing that, it's like wow. It's uh, I, I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime seeing Great Britain at the very top level, uh, and you know. We we head out next week and just going to soak it all in because it's I I don't think we'll be, I'd I'd love to be wrong when I say this I don't think we'll be we'll see it again but I, it's going to be uh, whether you're there or you're watching it on free sport it's it's going to be a momentous two weeks for for Great British hockey yeah just to run through some of the names that we'll see um, up against the GB boys um, USA uh, one of the goalies they'll have in is Corey Schneider of the New New Jersey Devils uh, well seasoned goalie in the NHL uh, defence wise for USA they'll have the likes of Noah Hannafin from Calgary Flames uh, and then moving to the forward ranks the likes of Jack Eichel who's got a lot hey. of experience who's got a lot of experience in not making playoffs um, just like <laughs> some of the Manchester players on that on that roster um, Johnny Gaudreau um, we all Johnny know who uh, we all know Johnny Hockey. Um, Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks. Chris Kreider has been a top point scorer for the Rangers this year. Dylan Larkin. Um, I think at times he's got rockets in his skates. Um, and then you move over to Canada. Uh, the, the mighty Matt Murray in goal. Um, two-time Stanley Cup winner, just saying. Um, Carter Hart, who's done a stellar job for Philadelphia this year as well. So two stellar netminders. And then Mackenzie Blackwood, who's the backup for uh, for New Jersey. Um, you, you just look at this roster, and it's, I mean, Shea Theodore from the Golden Knights, um, Adam Henrique from the Ducks, Sam <laughs> John, Reinhart. Sammy Reinhart, John Tavares, uh, Dave's hero, Jonathan Marsashol. Uh, of the Golden Knights again, a top score, a top point scorer for them. Kyle Turish of the Predators. I mean, this roster is just insane. Tyler Bertuzzi of the Red Wings. It's just crazy. And then you get look at Germany with the likes of Leon Drysaddle, and you just think this is just crazy. Uh, and then on top of that, you look at the 25-man roster that that we've announced, and obviously you've got Bounds, Murdy, Whistle. Um, well, you know, we'll run through the roster, um, and then we'll discuss the key. Uh, debating point that I think we all know is going to come up. Um, D-men, we've got Tim Billingsley, Dallas Earhart, Steve Lee, Evan Mosey, Ben O'Connor, Davey Phillips, Mark Richardson and Paul Swindlehurst. Uh, and then forwards, we've got Betteridge, Ben Davies, Dowd, Farmer, Ferrara, Hammond, Kirk, Lakovic, Ben Lake, Joey Lewis, uh, Matthew Myers, Brett Pellini and Jonathan Phillips and Colin Shields. Um, yeah, one name that everybody's picked up on that's missing off that list, and it's something that we'll discuss briefly, briefly. It's Josh Batch. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> I think we all know it's Kieran Long, Greff, but thanks for that. <laughs> um, no, Kieran Long's the guy that, that obviously everybody expected to be on that list. Uh, Brit of the year, top point scoring Brit this year in the league by a fair whack um, and he's not on the final 25 um, a lot of slating gone on, on social media of Pete Russell for not picking him um, a lot of people discussing the politics of it blah 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 um, 
what do we think, guys? I know that there's obviously been some truth just to come out as to why he's not being picked. Obviously, injuries. Um, I believe it was a bruised ankle day to day. Bruised ankle. Um, but he hardly skated in the the main week of training camp. And he didn't skate in the playoffs either. Didn't skate. You know, didn't know. You know, you know. Thankfully for him. Um, so he hardly skated, so he's not got the chance to build the strength in his, his ankle. And whether it's a bruised ankle or maybe even worse than a bruised ankle, you know, he could take a knock and then he's back to square one. It's, it's heartbreaking for, for Long. He's had a career year. He's His name's on that plane. But you can't take a risk and injury of that nature on a player that you're going to be playing against players that you've got to be 100% all the time. He takes a, he takes, you know, it, it turns sharp the wrong way. Ankle goes. There you go. One play gone down. It's, 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 it's devastating, but that, it's, I think Pete Russell's done it right. I think he's got it right. Um, and, you know, if, if a coach can't... Of course you can discuss the debate and, if, and some of the politics creeping from from certain areas, not surprising, but, you know, less said about that, the better. He's earned the right to make these calls. He's got back-to-back gold medals. He's the first coach to take GB to the top level for 25 years. If he's not earned that right to bet his own call without being consistently criticised for, not to not debate it, but to con- the, the criticism on social media has been over the top, then I don't know who did, who earns the credit, who earns the right to make that call without you know, a bit of faith shown in him. Um, we had this the same debate last season before we went to Budapest. On why I wasn't Josh Batch picked, picked for the squad. Sure, it was. was... Martin. <laughs> uh, if only he was British. Apparently, he's, a, he's eligible next year if he wanted to play. Sign him up. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the the, the age of social media. You're always going to get people saying things why why this why that and then thinking their answer's correct it's like if Pete's not selected him for a reason there surely is a, an actual hockey reason not any personal vendettas because you want the best players you want the right players on that team you're playing for the first time in 25 years against the best teams in the world. I can see this more being uh, Pete Russell wanting a squad that's full strength, you know. Uh, maybe having Kieran Long was a bit of a gamble if he hadn't quite uh, reached reached fitness again. If he was still having niggling injuries. And the worst thing is, you know, it's any guy out there who's possibly still injured, and then even worsening his injury already. Uh, I think it's more of a caution that, um, that Pete Russell's left him out of the squad. Um, but still, I've, I think the squad that is in there is pretty good. I mean, uh, some players I was really impe- impressed with last weekend with the uh, exhibition games against Popride, Ben Bounds, uh, Tim Billingsley, uh, Paul Swindlehurst, the two Robbies, Robert Dowd and Robert Farmer. Uh, they shared five goals between them in those two games. Uh, oh, so they're definitely two players to watch. Yeah, so one player to, to mention to run about the injuries is Stevie Lee, who's still got a broken jaw. Now that doesn't affect his skating, but in terms of the principle of if you're injured, not fully fit. Now Josh Batch is 
injury cover and played both games last week. I don't recall um, Stevie Lee playing at all last weekend. I I wouldn't be surprised if they end up swapping due to the injury. Stevie Lee um, with Josh Batch. I mean, it, again, of all years to have an injury that prevents you playing for your country, this would be the worst year to have it. Any injury is bad, but this would be the worst year to have it. Um, but let's see, they've got one more warm-up game against the, the host nation, Slovakia, um, in Poprad uh, on Saturday afternoon. Tickets still available? Um, apparently good seats still available. Um, 13 euro, apparently. Um, but talking of tickets, just briefly, um, the, we mentioned before about the ticket scenario. They've now got all tickets. They've managed to find these tickets that were sold out months ago so all tickets are now honoured for the GB fans that are going over which is a good thing it's like the most extravagant game of where's Wally ever isn't it it has been yeah and I, I will say just just a, head, you know, a, bit, a praise to the, the GB sports club representing the fans and making sure and giving good representation to give, make sure they had tickets and didn't have to rely on the fan zone when people paid up front so you know fair play to them and I know they uh, talked to them over the weekend just the work they've had to put up with with the Slovakian organising committee, it's not been um, an easy one. So, but you know, it's, it's been talked about for a year, and it is on the horizon very shortly. Single figures. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. It's um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be interesting to see um, the results. It's going to be exciting to see the players that we watch week in week out in person go up against players that we watch on TV. Um, players that you see on highlights scoring one-handed backhand goals against Buffalo. Oh, sorry, no, he's not playing. But no, 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 but some of the stuff that you see on TV, whether whether that yeah. be John Tavares getting rubber snakes thrown at him on the ice and then going and scoring the game winner in the next game against the Islanders, or you, you know, it, it's things like that that you watch and you you think, my God, it, it's it's basically a story when you watch it over here, it's the kind of thing you see on your Facebook timeline when you wake up after the game's gone ahead at 1am our time uh, and you wake up and go, oh my God, have you seen the, the most recent Tavares goal? And now we're going to get to see Jonathan Phillips, a guy that we've seen captain the Steelers for years. A guy that's probably going to have his, you know, a guy that's probably going to be the next person to have his number raised into the rafters for, you know, for the Steelers or Colin Shields. Uh, the guy that's put up so many points in the league that leads the franchise record in points. Um, and again, another guy that's probably going to have his number raised as probably one of the next for Belfast. And we've watched these guys week in, week out for years. And all of a sudden, they're going to go up against these guys that we've watched on TV at three in the morning or the guys that are going to be, uh, you know, that you wake up and watch the highlights from. It, it's, it's surreal even for, I don't, I don't know what you think, Andy, but it's surreal for me as a guy that's not going just to think even on TV we're going to see those those two worlds collide almost. It's, it's quite insane. Um, so, yeah, certainly going to be interesting to see what, what goes on there. Um, I would love on. it if, if possible because every team in the EIHL has got some sort of like affiliation with a pub or a bar. So if you could have a bar open that, that's showing the games for the fans and to have our own little fan zone in England, that would be amazing. I could just fan, get a crate in and everybody. Fan, fan zones would be great, but um, I think some folk wouldn't understand the concept of fan zones that you have abroad. Um, but now you know what that'd be great if you know if, if every team and not just the league, but any team with a hockey ring can have you know get people together to watch the national side, you know, and create that little buzz. 
We could put I, it on I, the Tron. We could put it on the Tron at the arena, just like they do in the NHL, exactly. and sell six seats. <laughs> and then everybody eat pie and peas in the breaks. <laughs> Orange Street Road as well. <laughs> no, no, it's um, it, it, oh, I think you're right in respect to that, Joe. It's the two worlds colliding. Um, and you know, just talking about it, it's just it still doesn't feel right. It still doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Oh, we all know it, but it's just that feeling of. Is this, is this really happening? And it's like, yeah. I think once once everything skates on, and you, that first punch of this, I think they all saying hit home. Yes, this is actually happening. As, as daft as that may sound, but it's just it's all it's still surreal. Um, the whole, you know, we were expected to be playing one B, not world champs. Yeah, I, I think it just sums it up. Uh, that, that, that's the thing. Um, but, you know, next podcast that we do fully, we'll say this now, um, Dave and Gref go on the jollies to Slovakia for a couple of weeks. So it's going to be a couple of weeks before we get another podcast out. Um, we will be trying to run some content while they're over there. Um, we'll, we'll we'll hit up some content, some some World Champ content. We'll get a you know, five, ten minute thing. We'll bang on the, the Anchor uh, platform. So you'll, you'll hear um, myself and Gref. And if, if there's any chance we can get you off to... Um, logged in and that so we'll have a uh intercontinental uh podcast um mm-hmm. you know um you know before you love a bit of european action dave Just, a bit, know, of, bit before, of the chl now we're before, going intercontinental be, you know before brexit kicks in and all that but no we'll, we'll get some contact on the I mean, it's a daily basis, but you know, five ten minutes thing of just what's happened the day before and, and all that, and just tr- follow the, uh, the 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 progress of GB um whilst we're uh, on as jollies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously everybody keep it, keep an eye out on social media. Best place to plug the social media now, I guess, is at MFZ Podcast on Twitter. It's my Fantasy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Uh, so keep an eye on there. We will do what we can um, while Dave and Gref are over there. But obviously just bear with. Um, obviously it is technology dependent. Um, and we know from the Aaron Murphy interview earlier on in the season what Dave's like at remembering to save interviews. So uh, we'll see if it actually happens. But uh, I, no. I have a few plan B's and C's, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, no, we will do what we can. So obviously bear with us on those. But keep an eye on the social media and obviously we'll uh, we'll keep it updated on there as to what's happening. Um, one of the last things we've got on the agenda is rumours. The rumour mill is always a fun thing that comes around um, at this time of year. Normally, we kind of started a bit earlier this year from what i saw uh, but there's been a few big rumors kind of notable ones that are probably worth mentioning at this point um the likes of blair riley um leaving the belfast giants um darcy murphy is rumored to be leaving the belfast giants um another leaving the belfast giants that i've seen rumored is tyler besco uh obviously a big loss for them if that's true uh and the fourth is I think I think it's been announced that Kieran Long isn't going back to Manchester. You can probably confirm that for me, Gref. But um, yeah, it's been announced that Kieran Long's not going back to Manchester. So obviously there's some rumours flying around as to where all these players are going to end up. Um, I don't know what you guys have heard. I mean, Blair Riley and Darcy Murphy. I've heard both to Cardiff. I, I've heard that one a few from a few places. Um, they normally announce their stuff on on a Friday, Friday lunchtime. So maybe. Um, we may get an announcement soon as to uh, you know Blair Riley uh, joining up with the Devils if if the rumour is correct. Um, and that could be an even more dangerous side, wouldn't it? Blair Riley and uh, Darcy Murphy. Can you imagine if they can keep the likes of Lingley Dixon and Hedden and then bring oh, in wow. Riley and uh, Murphy? 
Jeez. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if they went it's down real. the? It, it'd just be insane if they went down the line. They'd end up having like three first lines. It, it, it'd just be insane. Um, one that I've heard with, I think it was more related to Riley, but I think I've heard it with for both. To be fair, because um, obviously it was was it Riley that was captain this year yes. with Murphy? So it was Riley that was captain. Um, obviously gonna take something to get into budge from the Giants. I've heard. The only thing I can think is either he's been offered a hell of a lot more money or he's fell out with somebody in the organisation, be that Adam Keefe. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. We can only speculate as to reasons that, you know, they they won the league. They're going on to the CHL. They did fantastic things across the league. They were a game away from a Grand Slam. Um, so t- there must be something to draw him out of it. The other rumor that I'd heard, and I'd, I'd, well, I wouldn't necessarily call it a rumor; it was more of a suggestion, would be if he was moving more into a player coach kind of role, and that was where he was going to slot in in Nottingham. I heard that one as well. With, the two yeah. ones. Yeah. I know that the Cardiff rumors are stronger, but I just thought that was quite an interesting theory that Nottingham was signing set as the GM and then bringing in. Blair Riley as a player coach. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see what way that team would go. Um, but I just I can't see it going any other way than Riley and Murphy signing in for the Devils. And what an improvement to an already incredible roster that would yeah. be. If, if that rumour is correct, and obviously you know we're all stressing that if it's a rumour. Um, but yeah, wow. That's uh, some serious firepower. Um, and would be very good going into the CHL. Certainly would be very good going into the CHL and it'd be an upset for Belfast going into the CHL as well. Um, the other rumour, obviously Besco, as I say, leaving Belfast. I haven't heard any real rumours of him staying in the league. The main thing that I've heard is him going out to look and play in Europe. So somewhere along the lines of the DEL um, or you know, going out and playing in Europe. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, probably one of the better import netties that we've seen in the Elite League over the last few years. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go over to the DEL or or even top-ender Al Svenskan, but I'm SHL. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. But I know when they announced this signing, he did say that he did want to look to go back to uh, the DEL. So in fairness to him, he's been very upfront and honest about his intentions. So And his performance this year, you know, like you say, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it were... Maybe even one of the uh, the lower end SHL teams took a punt on him. His, his standard of performance has been that good. Um, you know, if if a Dundee netminder can go to the uh, the uh, top team in the SHL, then uh, I think Bessarani could uh, have a good shot at one of the, uh, the the one of the teams there. I'll ask this to you guys. Obviously, um, it'd be a hypothetical for you, Griff, because obviously Manchester have already re-signed Jin. But if you if we had a chance if you had a chance for your team to sign Beskorowani as a top import netty, would you take the chance and sign Besko, or would you want to look elsewhere? The guy's played in a couple of elite league teams already. Does he turn into a bit of a Zemlak if he starts moving across a few more teams, or is he a guy that's gonna you know that's gonna produce the next team he goes to? Is he a guy that you'd like to see sign for your team? I think you'd take him. His, his stats and performances show that you take him. Um, and, you know, in Sheffield's case, just for example, if 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 you could somehow work the budget to him, obviously uh, Jackson Whistles announced. I mean, they're they're two you know starting netminders and 
they'd keep each other, you know, it'd be like back in the old Super League days, we had two Steinet miners, and that would be, you know, that'd be great, if, if we're honest. But, yeah, I think you'd take the pun on it, you, you would do. And, you know, sometimes players just move around, you know. A classic one that, you know, going back into the Super League era, and Greff will remember, Rick McBam, he, he had more teams than I had hot dinners. And you'd still sign him in a heartbeat. I'd love to have uh, Besco on, on Steelers' team. Um, I'm on condition, though. If we put a really good, solid team in front of him, uh, offensively and defensively, uh, I think he'll definitely need that uh, that reassurance up front. Uh, I, I think we're still in the playoffs. He's a little bit dodgy when he was he's, he's on the uh, one-on-ones and, and, and three-on-one situations. But, um, yeah, uh, it, it'd be a good time for Sheffield. I, I won't mind him here. I'd love to see a Beskarawani Jackson Whistle one two after the fallout <laughs> from the Belfast fans seeing uh, seeing Jackson Whistle come over here. Um, can you imagine seeing a bed, oh, a Whistle Besco one two? It'd, uh, it'd be pretty hilarious to see the response. I think the word you're looking for is triggered. Well, it, the thing that made me laugh the most was it was it was the the Giants fans reacting, which I had no issues with. At the end of the day, if you're going to move from a club to a, a club in another in the same league, fair play, take the fallout. But the thing that made me laugh the most was how, like, how hurt and how sensitive Steelers fans were then being about about hearing Martinelli and Whistle being booed. You said, "What were they going to do? Throw them a party because they'd gone to another team in the league?" Like, I just think, just just grow up, just deal with it. Belfast fans are, 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 are berating them and, and, uh, and booing them. Fair play to them. Why not? It's not like they're throwing rubber snakes on the ice at them, is it? No. Only say for special occasions. I, I have to say, I found it I found it hilarious with the Belfast response. Why would you not do anything you could do to try and put off players on an opposition team? It, it just baffles me. Oh, no, you've, you've booed them. What if that hurts the feelings? Well, great. It's done its job. <laughs> Like uh, I, I don't know. Put him off his game. That's the uh, the aim of the game, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. What, what they really needed to do was throw in some pie and peas. Throw in some pie and peas. We'll come round to the pie and peas in a second. <laughs> um, the last rumor that we've got, obviously, is regarding the the, the whereabouts or, um, you know, the the team that Kieran Long will be signed to this year. Um, strong rumors of Belfast. Um, I can't really see past Belfast to be fair it'd be a good signing for them um, again gents what what do we think we heard any other rumours do we think he's going to stay in the league go abroad what are we thinking I've heard he's, he's staying in the league um, again it's, it's, you know, the, the rumours suggest that with too many people who over the years are quite reliable in terms of the information that they, they say again like you I, I, I can see him being a replacement for Shields Um it makes sense. I can't see him on the team last year. I couldn't see him fitting in Cardiff. I suspect though that Lord, if given the chance to cope to have him signed, would fit him in somehow. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing him in a giant shirt. Yeah, I, it'd be Giants or possibly. I, I would have said you guys, but you seem to have already got your brick pack. Simsy also seems to have, uh, have um, put out any ideas on Twitter that he's coming towards. Yep. So maybe even Nottingham or even as Granny mentioned Cardiff. I mean, I 
would say more for Belfast as a, a replacement for Shields. You've seen what the numbers he can put up in a, a team that wasn't performing as well as expected. Yeah, can you imagine if you went to Glasgow just to shut up all the rumours, uh, all the, uh, oh, Pete Russell doesn't like Kieran Long. Can you imagine if Kieran Long oh, had signed, signed in Glasgow? That'd be hilarious. It would be hilarious. What I do you reckon, see, Andy? Uh, sorry. I can't see him playing Giants um, for, as you said, uh, for Shields. I don't want to say replacement because, I mean, you, you can't replace what he's done in, in the years that he's done. He's been... In, in Belfast, uh, the achievements that he's done, um, he's, he's a really, really, really great player, hard to replace. But yeah, for me, Giants. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't see, I can't see past Belfast. Um, the last thing that we've got on the rumours section, <laughs> I've got to say, just to explain what what the probably the random tapping is, and then um, what me giggling about is, Andy basically appears to be beating up his, his laptop. Yeah, um, I can explain. I have got a very old laptop, and the screen is gone. Uh, it keeps flickering, so I've got I've got to hit it pretty hard to actually get the uh, screen back up. So yeah, apologies for that. Uh, hopefully, in the next six years, I will get a new one. <laughs> It, you see, honestly, like literally, all we can see from the video is we can see like a flashing light on on Andy, and then all of a sudden, just him randomly attacking his laptop. Um, so yeah, a bit of a bizarre it's thing. It's great viewing, so, trust me. Just, just yeah, it is. It is great viewing. Uh, but yeah, just to explain the giggling and the uh, and the banging. Um, yeah, the last thing on the rumors section is the rumor mill game that we explained last week. Uh, we didn't put the poll out on Twitter about the PMPs. Um, if you couldn't guess, the PMPs rumour is completely false. The arena don't appear to have any plans to start doing PMPs anytime soon. Uh, it's a great shame. Uh, be nice to have some PMPs at games. Um, I don't but... go as well, but, but that won't happen. So. No, it's not happening. Um, so <laughs> we move on to the rumour mill game. Um, we will explain a rumour uh, and then you guys can go on Twitter uh, and Facebook vote on the polls and decide whether you think the the rumor is true, whether it's one that is a legit rumor. Obviously, rumors in in their very nature aren't necessarily going to happen, but obviously, a lot of rumors have substance to them. A lot of rumors are out there. Other rumors are just people making things up and putting them out uh, to see if they get a response. So that's very much the point of the game. It's trying to spot uh, the ones that we've come up with. So you've got to decide whether it's one that we've made up or whether it's a rumor that is out there and a rumor that's got some substance about it. So the rumor this week, um, Guy Doucette has signed in Nottingham, obviously, as we've already said, as the GM. Uh, so the rumor this week that we are putting out there for you to decide whether it's legit or whether we've made it up um, is Tom Barrasso to fill the head coach slot in Nottingham, uh, a coach that obviously was in Sheffield this year, was very open and publicly not making his own signings, a coach that doesn't have any interest in that side of things. Uh, he wants to coach the team that he's given, not sign and then coach the team. Uh, so very much seems to be a structure that's optimised for Barrasso. Uh, what do we think, guys? What, do we think it'd be a good signing for Nottingham if they, if they got Barrasso at the reins? Yeah, Um I think it would be actually. You've got the person making the signings, um, and he's just going to do his own thing and coach. Yeah, I think it would be a good signing for the Panthers. Yeah, I think it would be a good signing as well. I mean, as you mentioned, he's not one for making his own signings. He just wants to coach. 
what more can you say from a guy that's won two Stanley Cups and, as you always mentioned, a Vezina and a Calder. There you go. <laughs> I think it, it, it'd be very good for Nottingham. Uh, obviously, uh, considering the circumstances in Sheffield, I think it did a great job to get us to fifth. Um, been any other coach, I, I don't think they have done as good a job as, as what Brasso's done. Uh, style of hockey, maybe. Uh, it, it always depends what, what sort of players I can bring in in, in Nottingham. Uh, I think it'll, it'll be a good coach, uh, especially with, with do set there as well. It'll be interesting to see how some of the Steelers fans react if Barrasso does go. Uh, I mean, for me, and and I think, Dave, I think you were the same, it was very much a Jekyll and Hyde team under Barrasso. Um, whilst he did a great job to get us to playoffs and, you know, we saw some good games under him, we also saw some of the worst games of the season whilst he was at the helm. You can use the argument as much as you want of it's not his team that he signed, but for me, you know, Paul Thompson was never shut out 6-0 in his own building by Glasgow and then beaten 6-1 by Glasgow the next time we faced them or shut out 2-0 by Coventry. I mean, they were some of the most boring games I've seen in years. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how fans react with regards to him if he does go to uh, to Nottingham. I reckon it's going to be Tavares-esque and they're going to burn the uh, Pittsburgh jerseys they bought. <laughs> All those fake jerseys that they bought with Barassa. I suspect they'll be... Uh the normal you've crossed the divide type but it's also I suppose a bit respectful of, and a thanks of thanks for the work you did in the circumstances that you gave and just to put on record we don't ever expect you to attend an interview <laughs> yeah yeah the, 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 yeah that's, uh, yeah. that's what's I, that, ste- yeah. I like Steelers fans going have signs saying how are the PJs how are the PJ? no it's do you know like you see on like a how lot are the of checkered elite- suits Oh That's, my god! Because he had a, a, an absolute amazing selection of suits. Well, to be fair, he was he was a Stanley Cup double Stanley Cup winner, Vezina Trophy and Calder Trophy winner. So you know he he, he he had a fair bit of moolah in his back pocket. I never knew he actually won on them, Joe. Did you not? I've never mentioned it before. It's the first I've heard of that, Graf. Did what you also you know that Manchester didn't make no. the playoffs? Uh, I, I didn't hear that you got swept either by the Islanders four 0 Oh, sorry. Did you, make, did you make playoffs in the NHL? No, we, oh, we, sorry, we, got, what was that? we got on the green eight, earlier than you. Eight years not making the playoffs? Okay, yeah, there we go. <laughs> eight, How many Stanley Cups have we won at that time? Oh, four. No, Good three. Good for you. Three. <laughs> um, anyway, moving Someone on. Someone clutching at straws over there. No, I I think it had progressed to it. Uh, you know, on all these like elite league pages on Facebook and things like that. I think it had progressed to. Uh, do you know you always see people post on those pages saying, "Okay, I've I've got a jersey that's been signed by all the team. How do I best wash it so I don't lose the signatures?" It'd now be like, "What what am I better to use, petrol or paraffin to set my jersey up?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's your rumor for this week. Everybody, go out on social media. We'll put the polls out soon. Uh, you've got to decide whether we've made that up or whether it is a legit rumor. Um, I think we've got a couple of questions. I don't know who's got them. I can't remember whether it was Andy or Dave or whether somebody's going to quickly get them up. Uh, what questions have we got? I believe Andy's got them. Yep, uh, I've got a question from uh, James Helliwell. Uh, it takes two seconds to get out. Uh, okay, and James wants to know, 
What do you think to Riley leaving, leaving Belfast and rumours of maybe joining Cardiff? Also, if Sheffield do get an important netminder, like they said in the star, would you recruit from a league or look elsewhere? Shall we just go around and just answer both those questions rather yeah. than have a purchase of time? It's probably quicker to go with that. Um, yeah, for yeah. me, Blair Riley leaving the Giants, strange one, as I say already. I think there's either got to be a significant money motive, um, which obviously would not be in any way, you know, you, you can't slate a player for going where there's more money. Or the other motive that I can see is that he's not getting on with somebody in the organisation at the Giants. Um, either way, would like to see him in Sheffield. Um, being, he's been fairly open with his uh, dislike for, for the Steelers. So to be fair, I can't see it really happening. Um, yeah, I can see leave Giants, go to the Devils um, and bolster what was already an amazing squad. So uh, that pretty much covers it. I think we've already we've already said it anyway, but that, that pretty much covers what I think. Um, Netminder-wise, I would love to see us go for an import netty uh, and then Jackson as the second netty. Um, I'd have loved for us to sign Killeen. I wouldn't complain if we signed Pontus Sjogren. I think that guy had more to give than he was able to give for Dundee this year. Um, but generally speaking, I, I'd probably say go out of the league. In regards to to to, to the Blair Riley one, it's a straight like I say, it's a strange one because he was well respected within the organisation. So either something's really had a, a real breakdown in, in communication to the point where he couldn't be the captain, um, or there's, there's been a better offer money wise. Who knows? It's uh, you know, we'll find it'll come out in the wash in the end. Um, if it's Cardiff, yeah. If it'd be great if it was Sheffield. Do you know what would be even better if it was Sheffield? You know that you have the football press conferences and you bring the players out and the managers and everything. You get, then get the photo with the new shirt. Is to find the fan who's on the video when Blair's going to the plexi and then the fan gives him the, the the bird and to get him to do the presentation. I think that would be fantastic uh, from a from a. a funny aspect but I can't see him in Sheffield I think it would be good at Cardiff goalies do you know what you look anywhere you look abroad you look in the country if there's a good goal in the Beano then look there and sign him you don't it doesn't matter where you get him from in essence so long as he's going to do the job I'd like to go a 1-2 as as import and whistle just because if you've got you know whistle playing 20-25 games and you import doing the same number. I think you're going to get a fresher netminder deeper in the season. Whereas you have the sort of the numbers where they're playing six of games and they're not as fresh going. So I suspect Bess Warren, if he plays 10, 15 games less, as much as he played well in the final playoff, I suspect he plays better just because he's got more, or less wear, or less season wear in him. If some of another netminders took about 10, 15 games off him. And like when we mentioned before about the old Super League where you have two star netminders and you, you split the games. Like you do in the NHL, but not as much as, you know, not like the Rangers where Lundqvist plays 75 and the other guy plays uh, pittance of games, but, you know, 50-30 type of split where the netminder can still be fresh going into the postseason. So that's where I'd go. It don't matter where you're getting from. If he's, if he's good enough and he's going to do the job, you sign him. Yeah, the, the Blair Riley thing was... Uh... It was a shocker for everyone in the league because he seemed to like get the whole. He he like bought into the whole Belfast things. I can probably see Yates going to Cardiff. 
In regards to you guys getting a, an import netminder, is it not going to be McLimey? I mean, you'd, you'd love that, wouldn't you, Joe? I would love to see Climey back. Just for his tendency, um, or well, I had I had a bet on with a friend of ours uh, who listens actually. So hi Ben. Um, I I had a bet on with Ben, which Ben actually came up to me and made uh, that 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 Climby was going to have a fight before the end of the season, uh, and we had a pint running on it. And if I'm honest, I I wouldn't have bet. I I honestly wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have put money on the fact that he wasn't going to have a fight. But Ben was betting me a pint that he was going to have a fight. So I thought, you know what? Chances are that he doesn't. Fair play. Got to take that action. And then about three games later, he played his last game and we announced that he'd gone. And uh, and the bet was won. So it's probably the easiest bet I've ever won. Um, and yeah, I, I, that's the exact reason that I'd want to see him back. Because I could honestly believe that he would fight. Um, and I'd love to see that. So honestly, I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see Climby come back. But... <laughs> Who knows? Uh, another goalie that I'd like to see come back in that respect to be—I don't know if he's still playing actually now—is is Tyler Plant. I don't think he is, but he was another goalie that uh, liked a bit of fighting action on the ice, um, and uh, his season ended early because of injury. Uh, but there were there were many a video of Tyler Plant getting into fights on the ice as well. So, a goalie that's going to bring a bit of personality would be nice. That's why I say I won't mind Shogram. Yeah, f- for me. Um... Like you guys have said, Riley, it must have been uh, some sort of just breakdown in, in Belfast. Is probably flown out with one of the managing staff or or, or, or Kiefer. Uh, or, or maybe just been offered a better salary elsewhere. Um, I can only see him realistically going to Cardiff. Uh, possibility of taking Murphy with him. Uh, if so, then Cardiff, you are very, very spoilt. Uh, everyone would love to have those two players on their team. Uh You've got some important netminder, definitely. Um, I don't think Jackson's quite ready to play in 40, 40 games a season. I think he needs to have that split with someone else. Uh, and so an important netminder would be great. Uh, for me, I'm sure the rest of you are in agreement. There's only one person that I would have taken from another team, and that was Patrick Killeen before he signed for Glasgow. Uh, but I think right now, I think we are better looking at a um, goalie that's from outside the league. Uh, I, I'd have loved to have signed Dreiger, but yeah, obviously, uh, as you say, he's on a two-way. Yeah, uh, Chris Dreiger, who played for Canada in the uh, Super Series, uh, has recently signed a two-way contract uh, with the Florida Panthers, so that's unfortunately out the window. Uh, a guy, again, we'd have loved to see in Sheffield, but uh, just not possible right now. So I think outside the league is the best bet right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, the only goalie that I think that's available other than Besco, and I would I would take Besco. The only other goalie that I take from the league uh, other than Besco would be Sjogren. Uh, but I, I do think it's probably just because he had a good personality about him. Um, always good fun to have a goalie that's got a bit of a, a bit of a personality. Um, yeah, so that brings us to the end of the question. So obviously keep in touch, as, uh, well, keep in touch. Um, keep an eye on social media, as we say, to keep an eye on what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks with, with Gref and Dave over in Slovakia. Um, keep sending us your questions. Obviously, don't wait for us to put it out on social media. It's always good to have questions coming through. Uh, as I say again, it's at MSN Podcast on Twitter. It's My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Um, just one thing I'll throw out to you guys just before we finish, just as a last note to finish on. Um, as we don't really have anything to conclude and we don't have predictions or anything like that. The main ongoing thing at the moment that all eyes are on uh, are the Stanley Cup finals, or well, sorry, Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, we're uh, we're in the second round at the moment. 
It's been a weird season in the Elite League. Um, we've seen, what, three, four coaches leave clubs early um, mid-season. Um, you know, we've seen players going left, right and centre probably more than usual. Uh, we've seen some unusual results, some un- unusual changes. Um, the Steelers have obviously had their, one of the worst finishes in, in, in history. So it's been a bit of a weird season all around. Um, and that's kind of been reflected in the NHL. <laughs> um some of the, it's been the first time in history in the NHL uh, that the top seed in the Eastern and Western divisions have been knocked out by the bottom seed. Uh, so Tampa were kicked out by Columbus and uh, oh, somebody help me out. Oh, it's Calgary were kicked out by um, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, so they were the two conference winners, the Eastern and Western. Uh, they were both kicked out by the bottom. Uh, seeds in the Western and Eastern Conference so that's that's the first thing uh, we've now got St. Louis tied 2-2 in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, in January this year St. Louis were dead bottom of the NHL which I just think is outstanding just to see a team not only make the playoffs but now be tied four games in in the second round um, in the playoffs is just amazing uh, and the last stat to leave you on, uh, which is particularly relevant for Dave, now that it looks like the Islanders might also get swept. Um, just saying. Um, you can borrow his brooms back, that we'll give you, mate. Yeah, we'll give you the brooms back, don't worry, mate. Um, we don't intend to use them anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> you didn't think of it before game one, did you? <sighs> mate. Um, there have only been three, apparently, there have only been three occasions on which a team that has swept another team have been matched up with a team that went to seven games in the next round. There's been two occasions where that's happened this year. So um, the Islanders, sadly, swept the Penguins 4-0, uh, and they were matched up with the Hurricanes, um, who won, who beat Washington 4-3, went to seven games. Uh, the second time that happened, it was also in the Eastern Division, Columbus beat uh, Tampa Bay 4-0. And they've been matched up with Boston, who went to seven games and beat Toronto 4-3. So twice it's happened this year. The three times in history that it's happened beforehand, the team that won all three times were a team that played seven games in the previous round. Uh, and currently it looks like that might happen again, doesn't it, Dave? It may do, but do you know what? These the stats are there to be broken, mate. Um, it is what it is. I think, I'll be honest, I think Islanders, it's just been a lack of luck. Uh, the games have been so tight, they've been close. The Islanders have not been down in the third period of any of the three games. Lost them, lost all three. Uh, overtime in game one, two goals in 40-odd seconds in game two, and then, you know, take away the two empty net goals, it's a one-goal game in, in game three. It's it's been, a, it's been a good series. It's been a nice series, which you don't tend to have in the playoffs. It's been nice. You know, It's not like you're playing Boston and, and Marchand doing what Marchand does. Um, it's just been nice. It's been a nice series, but it's been good. Playoff hockey, so it kind of like you don't you don't really mind Carolina winning, even though it's against your own team, because it's like it's it's as good a story as the the Robin Lerner. It's, it's it's a couple of fairy tale stories that you don't want either really to end, but one has to, and hopefully it goes on for you know another four games. Yeah, it's, it, it it just again goes to show how weird the playoffs have been this year in in the NHL as well. Uh, and that's the thing that that's the thing that I want just that I was wanting to touch on. It, it's just mad. There's another stat that I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware of a team. This I think it's three times 
a team who swept him in the previous round was swept the round after. And I think the last team that it happened to was Buffalo, who swept. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Buffalo actually made the playoffs. It was it was a, a strange time in, in in the world, but they they got swept by Montreal after sweeping. I can't remember the team they beat the, the round before. So the stats are there, mate. Um, you know, lies down lies and statistics, but they're there to be changed. And, and what better time from an Islanders perspective to change it now? Whilst three games down. Exactly, mate. I've you know, teams can be three games down and still win series. Yeah, I thought that when we went into Game Four against you. Look at how that ended. Well, you know, let's hope Lightning don't strike twice. Well, they can't because they were out in the first round. Hey, there we go. <laughs> no, no, as I say, it was mainly mentioned just to, just to show how strange a year it's been across hockey. Uh, it's been a bit of a weird year, year in the EIHL, as I say. A number of coaches go in early doors, uh, a, a much higher turnover, as far as I can remember anyway, a much higher turnover of players throughout the season than you'd usually see. Um, so to then see a difference in the NHL as well, quite so drastic, it's just quite interesting to see. Um, but yeah, that's that, that that's brings us to the end of another episode. So Dave, thank you very much, sir. Enjoy yourself in Slovakia. I'll do my very best. Thank you, Joe, Gref, Andy. I'll, obviously, I'll see you, uh, Gref, next week. And uh, to everyone listening in, um, thank you very much. And hopefully, you'll enjoy whatever content we can give you whilst that in uh, Kashitsa. Yep, uh, uh, Gref, thank you very much again. Enjoy yourself in Slovakia. Although, I'll as much as Dave, because you took the Mickey out of me more. It's fine. I'll, I'll enjoy it twice as much. Just for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And Andy, uh, just like myself, enjoy yourself not going to Slovakia and watching it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank That's you very right. much, sir. I know. Tell me about it. I had a hotel booked in Budapest as well. That was the worst thing. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Greff. Have a great time in Slovakia. Thanks for everyone listening. And if anyone, anyone at home listening, uh, if they've got... Um, some quiz piece of world vouchers we're willing to give me. Uh, I'll exchange them in reward for some multi pack of Harry Bows. So, yeah, please send them my way. Can you make it <laughs> plastic? Yeah, but, yeah, pretty much those ones, yeah. There's an offer for you. £200 PC night. world voucher in, in, in return for some tank plastic from Andy. What more yeah, could you want? You're right. <laughs> but no thank you very much everybody for listening for another episode of my fantasy zamboni uh, and also just another thing to mention for any listeners that are also making the trip out to slovakia enjoy yourselves um enjoy watching robert farmer playing against uh, some <laughs> some of the best players in the world uh, and we'll see you again for another episode very soon thank you